Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. And then he's totally hidden from the crowd by the door. And it's less like trauma. <laughs> and it was more like you had paid some guy to haul an old garage door to the dump. And he's just pulling out of the driveway and slowly scraping into the darkness. Like, yeah. just, that was the miracle. And he's got that really, that really dramatic line where he's like, let them witness. Let them witness the power of the living God for all their door <laughs> removal and disposal needs. <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to God Awful Movies, where each week we watch another terrible religious movie because uh, uh, I don't even know at this point. We could just watch good movies sometimes, right? We feel like we could do that if we wanted. Whatever. I'm your host, Heath Enright, and sitting 81 miles to my right is that guy your mom makes you be friends with, Eli Bosnick. <laughs> Eli, how's it going, buddy? What's okay, up? well, I... I thought my two-person birthday party was lovely until just now, so thank you for that. Anytime. And sitting about 2,000 miles to my left are two very special all-star guests, Mark and Dan from, uh, among other things, the very hilarious How To Heretic podcast. They're both crazy people who did this more than once before with us, and somehow they're back again. You might remember most recently from our live episode in Salt Lake City last year, as the guys who were way funnier than us, and we're still kind of bitter about it. <laughs> Mark, Dan, um, don't be so fucking funny this time. It's not a contest. Just take it easy. Oh. This is serious. We do Come on. serious we movie reviews. <laughs> you have my personal guarantee that I will not be funny this time. We'll do our best. <laughs> so, quick question. No live audience this time? No, <laughs> no, not this time. We uh, oh. we have put several of our patrons on Skype, but they have promised not to talk back. Okay, good. So I just I just the downgrade is understood. Let me just adjust my comedy. Okay, right. so this is going to be more like of a, like an like economy plus fun joke. Okay, go ahead. Like a five, good. And good. I want to say, like we usually plug our guest shows, but if you are not listening to How to Heretic, you have to. It is my obsession. I have finished. Every single episode, it's funny, but more importantly, it's kind. And the, like the thing that's amazing about your guys' show that I love so much is it's so fucking kind and nice and good. It's just good show, and it's uh it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy when I listen to it. Oh, so you're gonna give us a reputation. <laughs> yeah, if any of our listeners haven't heard it, go check it out. It's not just for like new atheists; it's for everybody. It's that's fucking really amazing. Sweet. Thank can you, I, Eli. Can I just say also, uh, just for this episode of God Awful Movies, people may want to pause uh, this show and go listen to our uh, most recent show because we do a breakdown of the actual biblical story of Samson. Oh, shit. You did? I'm, oh. I'm, oh, I, you good. Know, it, I, I've blown uh, what we're going to watch now. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> you you exposed everything, but it's a All great right. it, it's a great primer for for, uh, for what we're about to get into. Fantastic. Well, speaking of which, tell us, Dan, what are we going to be breaking down today? Well, if I hadn't just given it away, uh, today we watched <laughs> we watched the movie Samson. Uh, it's the story about how diplomacy is for idiots and pussies, and only ass kicking can ever actually save the day. Or it may, or maybe it's just a movie about how dramatically you have to change the Bible to make sure any of its stories rem- are remotely palatable to a modern audience. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah, sounds about right. And uh, Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, if you love the Bible. Badly concealed praying mantis aliens, and you are super <laughs> duper gay. You will love this movie. Really need the last part, though. Let me clarify. It's really uh, false. about that. You do not need that last part. And uh, Mark, I like how, how you go this? right to Mark after that. Okay, I got it. I got it. And Mark, how bad was this movie in comparison to the last one we made you watch? Which to remind everyone was the epic Mormon, time-traveling, uh, hate-crime classic, Passage to Zarahemla. Well, I'd say if the Passage to Zarahemla was the benchmark for the movies y'all have built this podcast on, then Pure Flix's Samson is the Citizen Kane of Christian cinema. Every, and I mean every shot was in focus. The music was pretty good. I never saw an Israelite with an obvious kitchen towel on their heads. They had, like, sci-fi channel-level visual effects. So how bad was this movie? It was terrible. But in Gamcast adjusted terms, it was like watching The Godfather. Oh, and, and if you're gluten intolerant, you cannot watch this movie. We'll, we'll... That is correct. We will definitely get to that. All right. So uh, is there anything you guys like to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Yeah, I mean, I hinted at it before, but I'm going to nominate it for best worst complete rewriting of the source material. <laughs> uh, basically, they just they knew that they couldn't make a movie that was actually the real story. Um, but yeah, they make Samson seem like a, a a reasonable human, which of course has nothing to do with the Bible at all. Like nope. literally, they go to Kubrick levels of changing the source. <laughs> <laughs> well, my best worst, and I'm a movie guy, so I notice these things. There's there's a certain foam rock in this movie. And, and, <laughs> I grew up in the 70s and 80s watching original Star Trek and Land of the it's Lost. So I know bad foam rocks. <laughs> but this foam boulder Samson picks up is the Michael Phelps of shitty foam rocks. <laughs> it is like total best foam rock Oscar bait. I can't wait to see if they win this year. <laughs> Excellent answer. Uh, I'm going to say best worst beards. Actually, just, <laughs> just worst beards. It's, yes. it's just amazing. And honestly, I gotta say, this is in stark contrast to the beard of Eli Bosnick. I recently <laughs> touched it. He has oh. the most luscious new beard. I, I haven't been, I, I can't stop thinking about it. It was like Ooh. silky and buttery. It was like God's pubes. It was amazing. Yep. You're turning us all on right now. The key is to butter it four times a day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone was wondering, I butter it four times a day. It's it's all those hipsters in in uh, in Brooklyn making all that good beard butter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So my best worst, we need to get it out of the way now. Uh, Best worst alien, very obviously pretending to be a human actor. Of course, (laughs) I'm talking about the actor who plays Samson, Taylor James. 
who uh, listeners may recognize from an uncredited appearance in Justice League. That's right. <laughs> Nick from Christmas Eve. <laughs> Howard's Happy Place, a TV short where he played a centurion. A big simulant <laughs> advisor on Red Dwarf in 2012, and now the main character in Samson. I don't know whose church this guy's go to, if there was a lifting contest we won to, or maybe he like someone needed some wood cut on their front lawn. He offered his cheekbones. He could <laughs> not more obviously be an alien in like a nice, expensive human suit, but then like he saved money on the face. He was like, no, I want all out on the torso, $10 on the face. <laughs> he kind of, it, It's kind of like he, he, he's an unfrozen cave man lawyer as call drogo <laughs> <laughs> absolutely r ridiculous looking samson's character and several others who we'll also get to all right uh well if i'm being perfectly honest i was really just paying attention to uh what i could hear from the next theater over uh when we watched this it was playing black panther so <laughs> not going to be really uh, much help today. Just a heads up for everyone. Um, anyway, we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, Mark, Dan and Eli are going to tell you all about the distracting noise that made me miss a bunch of Black Panther. That is Samson. Tap on. Hi, Taylor, right? You're playing Samson. Uh, yeah, Mark, isn't it? Yeah, super excited to have you on the movie. Um, so in this scene, you're buying some wool at the local market. Got it. And you take your shirt off to try on some of those shirts. Okay, okay. And then Thelonious comes to talk to you. I see. And so I put my shirt back on? No, so no. No, it's continuity, you see. It's, it's probably best if you leave it off. Right. Continuity. Yeah, so then you turn uh, and Rachel spills this honey all over you. That's just going to get all over. So you really just, you just got to smear it all down and, you know. Sorry, uh, what does that have to do with the plot of the the movie? <clears throat> well, um, Phineas sees this and he gets crazy angry. Oh, I see. And and Phineas, he's he's the villain? No, no, he's he's just a guy, and and he gets crazy angry, and just he wrestles you to the ground, and, and just licks the honey off you, up just entirely. I see. I play Phineas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown, and we're gonna start this one off with that sweet, sweet Pureflix logo. And uh, usually that means we have about 10 seconds until we get some anti-Semitism or some Islamophobia. And uh, this movie was even faster, and I'm pretty sure we got both right away. <laughs> it's impressive. It's impressive. Um, we start off in 1170 BC, ancient Israel. We just, we get a, a bunch of, what is this, is the, uh, the Philistines in, in Gaza having a little service and making fun of the Hebrews? Yeah. All... I don't know why, but in every Pure Flix movie, when they need an ancient Israel villain, they're wearing eye makeup. Like, that is the key <laughs> for every villain in a Pure Flix movie is eye makeup. They're whores. Yep. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that's just, like, religious movie code for these are brown people. Somehow they're supposed to, like, yep. yes, I get that they're white actors, but they're supposed to be brown in some way, and we don't know exactly how. Are you kidding? With that amount of tanner, he is obviously straight from Saudi Arabia, my friend. Look at Billy Zane. Look at Billy Zane. 
this is when they're bringing in offerings to the god, right? To the yeah. to Dagon. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, I just yep. I love I love the abundance that they're bringing in, like three celery stalks and enough wheat for a crouton. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're they're having this little ceremony, and at the same time, we see some people. Uh, we see a guy being lowered down on a rope into a, a pantry area of the church, and and he's stealing corn, right? Except that the way that it's lit, the first thing I saw, like, we see this this guard sleeping, and just inside the chamber that he's guarding, this beam of light comes down, and, and a per- like, I guess maybe it's, I'm too used to Mormon movies at this point, but I was sure that a, an angel was appearing to this guard to tell him that he, there was... <laughs> Like yeah. golden plates right. in his backyard or something. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just this guy dropping in Mission Impossible style and he's stealing stuff. And uh, we learn in a minute that this is Samson's brother, correct? And Samson is the guy who's pulling him on the rope. Yeah. Right. Be- because the best thing you can do with a biblical movie is make sure that everyone understands right from the jump that h- the protagonist is a thief. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought this was weird. They're telling riddles as they do this. I thought this is a weird moment for, it was like, he's whispering like, pull me back up so I don't get my like dick cut off by this guard. And he's like, on my way to St. Ives, shut the fuck up. Just pull me up. What are you doing? <laughs> and we, we need to talk about these riddles because the riddles in this movie, look, riddles are hard. I get it. I got fooled by Baba Brinkman's riddle in NECSS a couple of years ago. <laughs> people get fooled by riddles. But the people who wrote this movie have no idea what riddles are, so they're just like, at night, I'm there. During the day, I'm not. What am I? I don't know. A variety of things. <laughs> a crossing guard. How the fuck do I know? <laughs> Well, in fairness to them, the Bible, uh, the reason that the riddling is part of this whole thing is because the Bible presents us later with the worst riddle that's ever been written. So <laughs> easily. I, I feel like the, like the going away at night thing or the whatever is actually much superior to the original, uh, to the one that we're going to get to that is actually wow. from the Bible. So stupid. Right. So, so stupid. as you mentioned, this is where we meet Samson and we meet him in I think possibly the clumsiest way we've ever had a character introduced in these movies, which is that villains come up and they go, hey, that's Samson, the protagonist of our movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh so real quick, we started to talk about it already. Can we talk about Samson's physical appearance a little bit more? Oh, let's, <laughs> he, let's do. He is, first of all, he's dressed like a, uh, a burlap themed pro wrestler. Is that the main character in this movie? Yeah, I, I, as soon as we saw his face, I thought, oh my God, it's the prettiest Neanderthal. And, uh, and I, I thought, you know, if Dawkins, for whatever reason, happens to see this movie and, and he sees Samson, he's going to say, I must possess that skull. The entire symphony of human evolution is expressed in that one magnificent god. Bring me it. <laughs> yeah, that dude definitely, like, his favorite machine at the gym has got to be the eyebrow machine. He, just, yeah. he hits that thing so fucking hard. He's got like, forehead pecs. Like, dude is ripped, sure. But I think he injects the, uh, the, the steroids directly into that brow of his. 
Yeah. If I, <laughs> if I can ever afford a personal trainer, I'm going to bring a picture of me and a picture of this actor and I'm going to be like, okay, so not this picture of me, but not this picture of him. Like, you see this? I don't want to lose a chromosome. All right. Whatever. I don't want to lift so hard. That like a Neanderthal can fuck me and not have a disable, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to, to gain a unibrow but to lose a chromosome. I mean, it's the age old question. <laughs> and here's the thing: he's supposed to be an Israelite, right? He's supposed to be of like the the Hebrew tribe, but he looks like a mix of all the races in the world except that. Honestly, he looks like he, I, like I'm gonna call him Jew Diamond Phillips for the rest of it. He looks kinda like, he's got an interesting thing going on. Not only that, but he's he's standing there at all of like, you know, six four and two ninety with his brother, who's like five eight Eric Stoltz, Norwegian guy, like standing right next to him. <laughs> and so so he lifts his brother up, the guards catch them, kind of, and this is where we learn the most beautiful part of this movie, which is that they made a movie about a warrior. And nobody knew fight choreography. <laughs> and this is where we will see that all of the fight choreography in this movie is shoving. It's, just a, it's a chase scene, but just shoving. It's like a car chase, but he's the car. And shoving is the end. Just like, well, You see is, extras be like, ow, that really hurt. <laughs> it's a known fact, though. I do have to give them credit for this. Uh, they're they're trying to escape from these these Philistines who are chasing them. And they run into the temple and into the the crowd of people. And to get away, Samson just starts sort of rearranging people in the crowd. Just <laughs> random rearranging. Like, they'll never find us if I just keep doing this. I'm a full head taller than everyone. But if I just move you over here, and then this girl goes here. Well, he was smart right. to be in Pocahontas drag at this point. Like that, <laughs> the braids and the buckskin, I'm like... People, people with properly working vision made this movie, right? It- <laughs> it's like, yeah, I see you moving people around, but that ultimate warrior right there, I see you, yeah. you got pink stuff coming down. It's very clear what's happening. <laughs> You're the one who looks like Pocahontas found all the ancient supply of HGH. I found you. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they have this chase scene through the city, which... Which is entirely populated by people with apple carts. That's the only job in the city. They run through did it. You, did you see a guy selling four carrots? <laughs> there is actually a booth where a guy is selling four yeah, carrots and nothing else. There were some carrot carts too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just a whole bunch of body checks, which, yeah, which is brand new to this actor and everybody in the movie. He's just like laughing during each one. He's like, what? So I just smash into you? I don't get, I don't get what's happening. Whatever. Yeah. At the end of this scene, you could be forgiven for believing that you were actually just watching a, a wacky comedy about gay thieves. Like that's- <laughs> well, remember his brother, his brother like does the Scooby Doo thing where he runs through someone else's clothes and he comes out dressed as a woman. He, he's like, we will never speak of this again. Ha ah, fag. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Christian movie. Woman. <laughs> Right, so they uh, they get away finally, and they run out of the city or whatever. They run and, to North uh, Dakota, and then <laughs> to North Dakota, wherever they go. Uh, and then we cut over to Samson's home village, and this is where mm. we meet uh, meet some of the, the Hebrew tribe. 
This is where we meet their insanely exaggerated villains. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's an ancient Christian movie, which means that there have to be not Jews taking a tax that is too high. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the way that they introduce this is they have a character named Tobias, and I just want to say right now, Toby, rough name to give your beggy guy. That's my note right now. <laughs> don't give your, don't give your beggy guy the name Toby. But Toby comes forward and he's like, please, you must leave us something. And the villain, who you can tell is a villain because he is wearing raccoon levels of eye makeup, <laughs> says, here, you shall never go hungry again, and then stabs him. And then he looks at everyone like, do you see what I did there? Because he's dead. I had him as gay Eddie Vedder. (laughs) I had him as uh, Bam Margera went LARPing. He looks like Bam (laughs) as like like an evil wizard or something. He's got this three prong beard, which like the beards are pretty bad already, but this is maybe the worst one. It's, It's pretty crazy. I wanted them so badly to be like going through Samson stuff. They find all his protein powder and Celsior and they're just like, all right, this doesn't come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh Prince Rala is, is this character's name, by the way, he's the prince of the local part of Philistine or Gaza or wherever they are. And uh, he's in charge of taking the taxes. And uh so he has the guy killed and, and he only talks in evil cliches throughout the whole movie. So this time he's like, see, death and taxes, right? <laughs> so he has the guy killed. And uh f- from there, we uh we go over to Samson's house where he grew up and we meet his mom and dad. Oh, I, and I got to say, this is this is so heartbreaking because um Mr. Samson is played by Rutger Hauer and Mrs. Samson is played by Lindsay Wagner. Um, and they were Roy so Batty sad. from Blade Runner and the Bionic Woman, which is shitty. But remember, both of those characters were highly uh, engineered superhumans. So could that be on purpose <laughs> that they're Samson's parents? That kind of floored me. Like, that makes like, a lot of sense. Rutger, what did you have go? Like, did you need a boat, man? Why? Why? <laughs> right. I get Lindsay Wagner. I get it. It's been a rough 20 years but Rutger Hauer you're not yeah. still getting those residuals you don't get that check every month when it plays on TNT come on you're better than this <laughs> he needed that sweet sweet pure flicks money that they're doling out <laughs> Rutger Hauer had a leading part in the dark night what is he doing here <laughs> uh, uh, but so depressing but so he meets mom and dad and they have the conversation that every Jewish son knows, you know, the, you were called by God speech. Am I right? I mean, I don't know. I think I'm the only Jew, but like, you know, I think we all know this conversation with mom and dad. Like you're the chosen one. God has anointed you. It's just, it's really hard. And there's just this amazing moment here where mom goes, you're not like other Hebrews. And I wanted her so badly to be like, you're Native American or something. <laughs> yeah. No shit, mom. I'm a foot taller than everyone I've ever met. I thought he was going to say, oh, you mean I I tip and never bitch about the thermostat? (laughs) (laughs) I just like the moment where they're like, you have a special purpose. And he's like, what if I don't want to play football, dad? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah, he's not happy about it. He's part of the prophecy. He's kind of pissed about it. Also, the the brothers here. uh, Real quick, I want to talk about the brother, his appearance, too. He has... One of the more ridiculous beards as well. It's got one braid in it. One cornrow. His single cornrow. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's like a rabbi went to Club Med and got that one stupid braid while he was on the beach in his beard. So someone sold him an aspirin pill. 
with a Sharpie drawn on it. And he was just like, whoa. <laughs> What's great about the beards for me is that uh, they they don't get longer throughout the show. They get bigger. Yes. Yeah. If that's a thing, like <laughs> as the passage of time, they just keep growing out. I don't know yeah, what they that get is. Faker. They somehow get more <laughs> fake. <laughs> right. So now that now that we've met the whole family, um, we we move over to the palace, and this is where oh, we I, get to meet. I am the- going to interject one one thing real quick though, uh, because we I do want to point out that that was where we learned that Samson did not get his British accent from his parents. Uh, who could not pull that off at all, right? Or his height, or his pigmentation, or or anything really. His there's skeleton. Nothing to genetics or to uh, there's nothing to nature or nurture. Yeah, is it nature no. or nurture? The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. Right. So uh, we move over to the palace now, and we're meeting the king of the area, and that is Billy Zane. We already mentioned him for a minute. <laughs> Uh, and uh, th- this is this is perfect. Billy Zane looks like all the travel ban countries at once, and they <laughs> it is perfect. Okay, so we need to talk about Billy Zane, right? Billy Zane. First of all, he's wearing the silliest crown ever. It's he's Burger like, King. Like they went to medieval <laughs> times as a cast, and they were like, "No, you can keep it." And he was like, "Can I put it in the movie?" And they were like, "I mean." It's plastic. Do you want this fake folder too? Wait for it. Wait for it. Uh, but there is a twist, which is that they actually found a crown that was bigger than Billy Zane's comically large head. So that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> they did. Must have been tough. So now that we've met the king, we learn that he's kind of mad about this whole uh, prophecy about Samson. And he tells... His son, that's Prince Rala, Bam Margera guy, he needs to kill Samson. And right. we uh, we cut over to the outskirts of the village again where the Hebrew tribe lives. And we learn that, that Bam has hired a, a new street fighter guy f- from Egypt to, to bait <laughs> Samson out in a fight, yeah. I guess. You know, he wants him to be part of ancient Israeli WWF. Right. <laughs> and it's What's amazing about this scene is that this is supposed to be a trap for Samson. And as it will turn out in the plot, this has nothing to do with the trap for Samson. They're just like checking to see if he can fight. Right. But, but the trap is, and, and gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong in this. We get a fighter. We, we gather a bunch of Jews in a circle somehow. He challenges them all to fight, wins, and Samson won't be able to help himself but to fight the Egyptian. That's right. That's right. It's, okay. it's bait. Yep. <laughs> well, what's amazing about it is that like this is the one moment in the entire movie where Samson is spoiling for a fight where he's like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to turn that down. I will definitely fight this guy. The entire rest of the movie, when he should fight every turn, every step of the way, he tries to weasel out. He's like, no, no, no. I think probably <laughs> it's better if I use my intellect on this one. Rather than fighting, well, I most, mean, God gave me unlimited power uh, in my muscles, but I feel like talking is the way. Or he's just chasing some puss. That's the other thing he's always trying to get out of fighting for. And then it's a small thing, but when he runs to this fight to fight the Egyptian, they have this, he's got super dark hair and they had this like flesh colored scrunchie and it just looked like the weirdest bald spot all the time. I couldn't figure it out. It's the best. 
Also, so so they introduce the Egyptian guy. He's beating up some Jews. And I, I just want to say, I don't want to be that guy, but Jews, not great fighters. I don't see why everyone kept taking him up. If a guy <laughs> right now was just like, oh, I will fight all the Jews, I'd be like, all right, man, like, do you ever want to be in a newspaper? Because I can control that. Like, I don't <laughs> let's play on my court. You want to play some fucking chess? I got Bobby Fischer. <laughs> I do like the idea. The way that he goads him in is the whole... Yeah, your God is weak. Oh, you're weak and your God is weak. And Samson then comes out of the crowd and goes, our God is not weak. And I'll prove it in the only way that can possibly be proven through horrific violence. God is love. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's trying to impress his special lady friend that we'll meet there, which I call uh, off-brand Rachel Dratch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he takes the first punch while he's like making eyes at her. I call her Dr. Lindsay Doe Eyes. You guys know Lindsay Doe from Sexplanation? Oh, Dr. Doe, yeah. Yes, she's like Dr. Lindsay Doe Eyes is what I call her in this movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he's flirting with her and he gets punched in the face. So he needs to go Super Saiyan, right? He has to Beast go mode. like... Bah, bah. <laughs> His hair turns blonde and stands on end. All the thunder noises come and that's why we know that he's summoning Molnir... Molnir. The magic war hammer. Oh, wait. Sorry. Wrong superhero. Well, I'm sorry. I love what they were going for here is like the man of steel, like levitating pebble thingamajig effect. But they had no money. So they just kind of wait until he gets low blood sugar and his hands start shaking. And that's the entirety of the effect that God is inhabiting him with strength. They just keep putting off lunch and they're like, one second, Taylor. I'm, just gonna get I'm these so shots hungry. <laughs> Yeah, and this is when Black Panther puts on a vibranium suit or something. I, I was hard to hear, but I was like, right, in the next theater. I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Okay, so, cool. So he gets super strength, beats up the guy, and this is the fake rock. Mark. Oh, mama. Mark, take us to oh, this fake my rock. my God. Well, the most hilarious thing is they are in a... a an environment of all real rocks. Right. And so rather than spending 20 more dollars to have a sculptor make it look like the rock in the environment, it looks like it's like a Volkswagen sized booger <laughs> that he picks up. And it is so hilarious. And in this great moment of drama, I, I, we, I, we both burst out laughing in the theater. It was gorgeous. It was. Oh, it, it might as well be a beanbag chair. If he had had a beanbag chair, it would have been no less ridiculous. Yeah, it was a pillow fight. It was a huge, oh. weird pillow fight. He might as well play hacky sack with this fucking glacier he picks up. And, I know. And then hit the guy with it. But he doesn't, Although, he doesn't hit the guy. I, I do want to point out, he was totally going to squish that guy though. Like, if we just, just forget that the boulder looked fake. Let's just assume that he, that this goes on. He was literally going to kill that man until the until the the fight promoter came up and was like, "Oh no, no, here's your money. Here's your money. Don't kill him." But because he was a Jew, he took the money and put the boulder in. <laughs> exactly. Right? Just like George so, Soros. So that was good. We, we <laughs> He didn't end up being a straight-up murderer. I guess that's nice. But, you know, they there are these moments in the in the movie if if you refer to the actual Bible story, uh, they they try to put the best possible shine on the story's super fucked up portrayal as of Samson as equal parts horn dog and ultra violent genocidal racist. And so <laughs> there's this weird they're trying so hard to not make him look like a murderer in the scene, and he's just making eyes at the girl like he's a handsome high school quarterback, right? 
<laughs> rather than just a, an insane person. Yeah, the, the actual character in the Bible is terrifying. They did their best, but not that well. Yeah, this entire movie is, what if we made our psychopathic monster a superhero? <laughs> right. Yeah. And and a handsome and a handsome squire that this is really a rom com about genocide. Yeah. <laughs> well, they kind of had to make him a superhero because that was the only story that any of us got in church. It's not like they were telling us the real story of Samson ever when they told it to us. So that's what that that's what the people expect. So yeah, he doesn't kill the Egyptian brawler guy. He lets him go. Fights over, and then we uh, we get them going back to. Mom and dad's house and the little brother like tells on Samson for fighting. <laughs> and somehow dad is disappointed. I wrote in my notes, you raised a human bear and you're mad he takes people up on fighting. What did you want him to do? Challenge the guy to go? <laughs> <laughs> and also like there was this weird moment where he's talking about his vows where he can't, you know, of course we all know Samson can't cut his hair and he can't drink wine. And then he looks off wistfully and he's like, and I have kept my vow of not touching the dead. What? <laughs> the fuck is that? Oh, how did you make it this long in life without, with resisting that incredible temptation? Is that difficult? I don't think I've touched anybody who's dead. He is I superhuman. Tried to. I don't have okay. a vow. This podcast feels judgy right now. Why don't we just move on? Right? Very Why don't we just move on? Eli, the next scene. No, Eli, let's explore this. What's up, man? I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes you're at the hospital and you see the life leave someone, and you just want. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get into it. I feel this isn't safe. Is, is that why you have a parking spot with your name on it at the morgue? One of the reasons, yes. Also, Rosenberg Hospital, owned by a family member. Again, I don't want to talk about it. Not... <laughs> So uh dad gets mad, gives him a little little lecture, but not entirely a lecture because he's like at the end, he's like, OK, but off the record, uh, dirty Egyptian. Good work. Good work. Wink. Like, nice <laughs> right. work. Then we cut back to Prince Rala and he's kind of walking away from the village, angry at his Egyptian goon for losing the fight. And that was the most awkward, silent chariot ride ever, right? You know, I've been there after losing the big game. It's quick. Someone invent the radio so can, we can turn it on. <laughs> oh, he's just looking into the rearview mirror, making eye contact with the Egyptian who's looking out the window. Huh? You want a, you want a sand cone? We don't have snow cones yet. You want a sand cone? Well, and he does his one trick again. He does that like, so I suppose I will let you live in death and they kill the Egyptian fighter. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's and that guy's thing. And <laughs> yep. it's really smart. They shoot the amazing fighter because what use could that guy possibly be of? Right. And then they keep an old man and a girl. Right. Yeah. Just seems just seems like in the in the in the hierarchy of people who could be useful as a slave to you, you keep the strongest guy. Yeah, that's just bad slaving. Yeah, you don't keep the valet for the weird fighter guy and kill the fighter guy. That doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. That's, but that's what he does. <laughs> And, and he keeps the slave girl. That does make sense, just to be clear. That We're makes all, a little more sense, sure. Yeah. Uh, so now we cut back to uh, Billy Zane, King Billy Zane at his castle, and he's giving, honestly, a, a weirdly eloquent speech about how stupid the religious theme of this movie is. <laughs> he's like a really good atheist, and he gives yeah, multiple totally. good speeches about it. Yeah, he's doing his best Marlon Brando, like pointing out that gods are the opiate of the masses. Yeah. I saw a snail crawling along the edge of a straight razor. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was like, I can't believe that speech was in this movie. It's like, yes, gods are just a distraction. They're not real. 
we're the actual gods. This is just to occupy the rubes and keep them busy. And I was like, holy shit, Christian movie, what are you doing? <laughs> but then to remind us how shitty this movie is, you could see the zipper on the cushion on the little couch they borrowed from the Ramada for this scene. It was hilarious. It's so amazing. So and this movie is filled with that, by the way. It's every moment. It's oh, it's incredible. I do. I, it is funny though. It, it, there are a couple of moments in this movie where it feels like the writer might be one of us who's just trying to lob a couple of grenades over the wall and sneak them past everybody. Cause like, oh, yeah. The whole, yeah, this Billy Zane's whole monologue is just, you know, the powerful use gods to keep the masses in line, but the masses are just, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And I have to say, this is almost certainly true, because here's the thing. When Pure Flix was just like Jesus, bro, and all that crap, I get it. But, like, they now have enough money that they're hiring people from the real world. And you know that, like, legitimate hair and makeup people won't work for them, thus the beards. Legitimate uh -huh. costume and prop people won't work for them, rocks and couch cushions. But, like, <laughs> they can probably get a writer who's in between Marvel Universe movies. And they're just like, come on, man, what do you got going on that month? And he's like, fine, you get 10 minutes of my time. And then Samson goes on a meet-cute date with Dr. Lindsay Doe-Eyes. There, there, take it, keep it. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm going to give props to this writer. I'm with you because, frankly, the whoever wrote this does such a good job of, like, taking all of the horrific, awful things that happen in the story and just, just the right amount of tweaking to make everybody seem like they're not the awful people that we actually read about in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. It takes a that That's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the guy who wrote, who wrote Rogue One. You had to like reverse engineer this whole story into the origin of the Star Wars universe. And it was kind of, it was kind of genius. But here it's just like, uh, we have to somehow make this person not just an idiot and a maniac. Right. Right. So the, the king finishes up his, uh, really good atheist speech. Then we cut back to Samson's village and he is with his brother and they're stalking the Egyptian ring girl who is now a slave from like a weird, vantage point yes right and, and we should point out this weird previous love story thing is just entirely inserted into the biblical story right there's nothing about this in the bible well they, I, yeah i mean he they've taken different stories and sort of mushed them together right. as like a, they've made it into one story that that kind of makes sense because none of the actual story has any sense to it so you know you take the clay and you you mush it until it make makes something. Yeah, and <laughs> if you think this movie is about Samson and Delilah and all that, it's actually not. It's it's about wheat. Yes, and there, there is so much wheat in this movie, and we will see it again and again and again. And so here again, we've seen probably the same four hundred wheat stalks again. Okay, wheat. so I did not understand this and then i saw it in mark's notes and i watched the movie again this morning this morning i went out and i watched the movie again because i saw it with heath the other day and then i wanted to go through my notes again so i saw it again at like an 11 a.m thing all by myself in midtown <laughs> this same bundle of wheat that mark is talking about appears in like 
27 scenes. I don't know who this Wheat's agent is, but sign <laughs> me up. It's like, it's like this Wheat fucked Harvey Weinstein and now it gets an over five. I don't know what this Wheat did. Yeah, I know. The Wheat is in more scenes than Samson. It should have top billing. <laughs> also, better actor than Samson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I called the movie Wheat Again, the story of Samson. <laughs> Right. So we see this, this wheat when this girl, her name's Taryn, right? The right. slave girl. So she's yes. walking through the village market and Samson's tailing her super creepy. And then she walks into this empty cellar and he corners her in it. And he's it's like, not empty. It's except for wheat. Yeah. It's, it's the same exact bundle of wheat. I swear. It's the, what the I fuck feel like is happening crazy. with the wheat? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, and she's carefully choosing out stalks of wheat as though they're flowers for her and, arrangement. And she chooses three stalks of wheat <laughs> because she's making a fucking bagel for a flea. <laughs> right. So he, he just walks in behind her, super creepy, and he's like, I'm not scary. My steroids and my Ritalin cancel out. It's fine. <laughs> But, you know, the implication of the empty cellar is very real. But no, I'm not a rapist. I'm not a rapist. And she's <laughs> charmed by this, which is terrifying. And uh, he asks her out on a date the next day, and it works. Well, I guess adjusted for Bible times, the fact that he didn't just smash her in the face and <laughs> drag her to his hut is probably like romance. Downright courtship. Yeah. Progresses. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she agrees to the date. And uh, from there, we cut over to the town council. And they're having a meeting at this point about whether... God might be super shitty at prophecies because, <laughs> you know, Samson's fucking stupid and this is the dumbest prophecy ever and we shouldn't really be trusted. Like one guy's like, dude, I watched him. He tried to eat a rock and then he threw it away and then he tried to eat a different one. He's fucking stupid. Like we can't have this guy be our prophecy. Right. And we should point out that this scene is this movie's sugarcoating of Samson was a crazy rapist from the Bible story. Right. So the, right. this is the movie being like, I don't know. He's just always hanging around the ladies when the Bible is like, and Samson killed many men, women and children. And when he was <laughs> done with their bodies, he turned them into Lincoln logs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not too far off the mark when you consider that in this scene, somebody's like, well, I'm glad he's not here because at least I know he's not raping my sister. Yeah, there is this like <laughs> this. There's this whole subtext in this movie of these secondary characters being like, this is fucked up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this <is> fucked up. <laughs> Wait, we all know he's the most dangerous thing that we could have am among us. Right. We all know that. Right. You got to get out of here, man. This guy's fucking nuts. <laughs> Also, he's a blood trader with this like pre-Muslim slave girl, and uh, I don't even want to talk about that. Discretion, fucking, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So no, nobody's happy. <laughs> nobody's happy about Samson. Then we get the date with Taryn, their first date at the beach together. Aww. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. a, so romantic. Uh, and a uh, god, is it hard to watch these two actors do a meet cute? Whoever plays Taryn, she does an okay job, but like he's like young Arnold Schwarzenegger without the charm and linguistic ability. So it's just terrifying. <laughs> she also, I love that she comes there and she goes, "I want you to know, I only came here because this date reminds me of my dad." And I was like, "I get it, I get it." <laughs> <laughs> and then they have this, they have this conversation about slavery. And I get that she's kind of sort of a slave, but she's actually um, a Philistine. And he's a Hebrew, so he's like full-on slave. 
And I think she just totally all lives mattered the whole slave thing on the beach. She's like, <laughs> oh, she absolutely right? did. One hundred percent. He's like, aren't we slaves to you people? And she's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, chase me down the beach. Well, we're running after you. <laughs> no, the system makes slaves of all of us, doesn't it? It's just a state of mind. <laughs> Fetch me a wheat stalk. Yes, Hebrew. She literally says, you can't be a slave if you're not a slave in your mind. And then she says later, she says something like, I refuse to be bound by slavery of any kind, says the girl who's about to be used as a pawn and then murdered by her slave master. (laughs) And I think there's an important thing here from the actual story, Dan, which is there's a liberty that's been taken with this woman because she doesn't have a name. No, 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 not yet. No, definitely not. She is she is one of the the myriad nameless ladies that (laughs) that happens all throughout the Bible. So Taryn is a liberty that David A.R. White took. To give this woman a name. <laughs> because you can't just keep calling her, hey, you, get over here. <laughs> you know, her. Also, this is where they kiss, and man, neither of them look like they've seen a human oh. kiss before. <laughs> it, it's like they read about kissing in a book that was translated from Taiwanese. They're just like, all right, faces sideways. Do we, I, I don't. Headbutt. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. How does it go? What do we do? I was, Shove. <laughs> it was there's this great moment where they're sitting there talking and uh Rachel Dratch says, you know, look, I'm I'm a gay guy. I so take this with a grain of salt. Take this with a pillar of salt. I don't think she's that. I think she's a four, right? <laughs> and so they're sitting there, she's a Philistine, and uh he says that Samson says it's his destiny to destroy her people, and he just kind of says it matter of factly, and she's just sitting there staring at him and she kind of goes, ow! <laughs> that was it. <laughs> she just lets out this one little chirp. <laughs> well, just, you know, it's hard to react to that. I've been on TrumpDating.com. I've gotten that message. And it's my destiny to destroy your people. And just protect the future for white children. I get it. I get it. You know, er is often the only answer you can get. So, you like scrubs or what? What's going on? <laughs> I also I also like the moment where she asks him, who do you want to be as though she's been reading the secret and maybe can make the universe manifest it for him or something. (laughs) And his response isn't like, you know, savior of his people or whatever. His response is father, husband. Uh, what? Like, where the hell did that come from? There is no indication anywhere else that any of these are his aspirations. Right, and his his life goals are just fucking, apparently. Right, oh, yes, fuck. absolutely. Fuck and then make baby out of the fuck. The fucking should work. The t- work, I want the fucking to last. But then more fuck. Then take bus to job. Kill, 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 kill. kill. Take bus home, fuck. <laughs> All right, so they uh, they finish up their date, and then we cut back to Prince Rala planning yes. how to kill his dad and become the king. Yes. And he's asking his wife for advice, but then immediately screaming at her. It's just like, hey, okay, so how do you think I should kill him? And she's like, well, maybe you could hold your tongue, bitch. Hold your tongue. <laughs> I was just, okay. For me, like this, this scene, right? Like getting drunk and whining to your spouse about your fucking daddy issues. Yeah, I, I can't, I don't relate to that at all. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, there. 
Hey, Jesse. <laughs> and all I could think about in this movie is some poor writer was like snuck down at midnight and watched an episode of Game of Thrones. And he was like, everyone likes Game of Thrones because it's almost hit ladies ish. All right. <laughs> add some almost hit ladies ish into our movie. Well, and this is also, I'm going to point out the moment where we learn that evil prince eyeliner is either married to or like with Delilah. Yeah, yeah that's right. her this introduction. is Delilah. Exactly. Yeah. So like I, how that ended up happening. I mean, this is this is one of the first clues that the movie is not interested at all in the actual story. No, it is not. <laughs> they might as well have made Delilah Prince Rala. Like he pulls off a wig and he's like, <laughs> or as they call me on the streets, Delilah. <laughs> well, he does show a lot more leg than she does in this movie. I don't he know. If, sure does. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed that. I, that's, I did. That's, I did. The, that's the sequel, Samson 2, The Crying Game. <laughs> Right, so they finish up their little uh, plotting time, and then we go back to Samson and Taryn on their second date, and he proposes, and she yeah. says yes on date number two. How about that? Which seems like a thing, like, can slaves just do that? Like, nobody has, <laughs> like, he's a Hebrew, she's a Palestinian, or a Palestinian, oh, well, that was Well, yeah, Freudian Palestinian, thing. that's where Leave that it word in. comes from. Leave yeah. it in. Right, uh, Philistine, and, and both of them are slaves. But they're just like, hey, let's just take all of the free agency that we have and get married. <laughs> why do they why do they even have time off for a picnic? Yeah. But- <laughs> and she even realizes this. She's like, well, I mean, yeah, I'll marry you. But is it cool that I'm a Philistine? And he's like, no, it's it's actually not at all. My mom's probably going to stab you, but it's, uh, we're, we'll try. We'll try. It's so funny to me. They're having their little picnic and uh, for, for him to say. Uh, no one has ever asked me what I wanted out of life character with no name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love that. She's like, will your parents be cool with this? And he's like, I'll talk to them forever until they are. And that's the first inkling that we get that Samson is actually, he believes the best solution to all of his problems will be his superior talking skills. Oh yeah. He's a great oh. negotiator. <laughs> How much better is this movie if he just... Hits his mom in the head with a donkey's jawbone. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think you should marry her. Blam! Yeah. <laughs> that actually would have been good for, for this next scene because this is when Samson goes back to his house to explain to his parents that he's getting married, but definitely not a Jewish girl. In fact, the worst opposite of okay. a Jewish girl. And he I'm totally so- ruins game night for it, by the way. <laughs> I have to talk about this. Okay, they understood that checkers and chess didn't exist yet, but they very clearly make a chessboard with just like weird looking pieces. And then they just have them move like three into random spots. And they're like, you don't know that wasn't a fucking board game. Fuck you. (laughs) Bottle caps. It's all bottle caps. It was shaped a little like a shirt, weirdly. And I just decided it was the ancient game of blouse. (laughs) So, yeah, they have the classic. And again, speaking from experience, the classic, I can't believe you aren't marrying a Jew conversation. Every Jewish child has with their mother. Like, this is word for word what my mom said the day before my wedding. I don't want to get into it, but like... It is funny. I mean, that part is actually that one of the few parts that's actually from the Bible, because the Bible actually has a whole passage about like 
you couldn't, you have to marry from these uncircumcised people. You, I mean, the Bible basically says what? You couldn't find a nice Jewish girl. <laughs> I just so wanted him to go, you know, gee, dad, you're being a real asshole about this. You're a Nexus six, right? Your incident date was January 8th, 2016. How long do you have left to live? And I swear, if you if you try to tell me about C-Beam glittering in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate, one more fucking time I'm leaving. See, Rutger, this is what happens when you give up coke. You stop improvising the best lines in movie history, and you end up in a pure flicks film. Some people are supposed to ride that white dragon. Yeah, baby. Chris Farley, always in our hearts and dreams. <laughs> He'd Always be in, in my kitchen. Three right now. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been good. Might have been good. Yeah. So uh, Samson's kind of pissed at his parents for being more racist than him. So he goes out into the woods, <laughs> and uh, and honestly, this is kind of like every high school keg party in my hometown. It's just a bunch of us going out in the woods, drinking, being mad about our racist parents. <laughs> I went to I went to a weird... Well, okay, I anyway. mean, Mormon viewers will recognize this as the uh, the scene in the Sacred Grove where he's going to go and find the golden plates, I'm pretty sure, uh, until the spooky goose noises start up, at which point it takes a weird turn. <laughs> okay, so he's having his angry yell at God, and my question is, could they not afford a lion for a full day? Because we hear the lion, we get like shots of the lion, like the lion didn't agree to do nudes or something. It's like <laughs> it's got the same rider as Angelina Jolie. Like you only get a little bit of its foot and a little bit of side boob from the lion. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like a, a poor tortured old circus lion that they managed to get and it was too timid to look at the camera. <laughs> so you just kind of see its ass and you hear a weird grunt. And and there's a fun little trivia game here. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but if you're playing along at home, how many power lines did you see up behind the lion? If, <laughs> if you guess three, you're right. <laughs> Total power lines running up behind. It was amazing. I only saw one of them. So they throw what I can only describe as a not expensive stuffed lion from FAO Schwartz at this actor. It is the craziest <laughs> fake lion I've ever seen. Well, and the fight took three seconds, like <laughs> tops, right? It was kind of amazing. Like they, he's battling a lion. He's grabbed it by the snout, and then we hear a crack, and the lion just falls dead. Yeah, I don't know how you kill a lion by his mouth. We're gonna have to wait for the toxicology report. I don't know what the cause of death was on that lion, but it happened fast. It was, this, and then there's this moment of like, I have slain the lion. Now I just slay the Hydra of Lerna and capture the golden hind of, oops, sorry, wrong mythical, mythical hero again. Damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. So he kills the lion and then he apologizes to God. He's like, yeah, okay. I will not ask any more questions. I asked you for a sign. You sent me a fucking lion. Right. I wasn't sure. I would thought, I thought you wanted me to fuck it for a second. And I was like, okay. And, but then it attacked me. It was a whole thing. No more questions. <laughs> I promise never to do that again. <laughs> but weird and, note, he he didn't use shaky hands. He didn't have the shaky hands first. How how did he kill yeah. the lion? Just had to do it with his oh. own blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he finishes killing the lion. He's 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 good with God, I guess. And then we cut over to Princess Delilah, and she's hanging out with. I guess uh, Taryn became her new slave. 
this is the sloppiest intro to this scene possible. <laughs> she literally, she's like, la, 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 la. she goes, oh, why are you singing? I'm the bad guy. Oh, well, I'm the good guy and I'm marrying the protagonist. You are, you say, steeple fingers. Uh-huh. You know how we're best friends? I do. Great. <laughs> I know they should have shot this scene as a silent movie just to drive home <laughs> the level of villainy. Yeah, I mean, it did have this feel of like, uh, why are you singing? Well, I'm in love with a Hebrew. Well, Prince Dickhead will never allow that, but it's part of the plot. Oh, then let me help you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they make a deal. Let's see who can betray this idiot the most. Deal? <laughs> yeah, that is weird that like, like it becomes this awkward like future thing of Samson's two love interests are chilling out, like bathing each other. Yeah, keep going. I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, like no, it. That, I mean, <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't play out well, though. Doesn't play out the way you want it to. <laughs> no, it never does for me. <laughs> right. So she goes to Prince Rala to tell uh, tell him about her new idea, which is to marry off this slave girl, like as a favor, so the big Jewish guy won't keep beating up their. Egyptian street fighters? Is that the stakes of this at this point? I don't know. <laughs> we yeah. have to talk about this actor in this scene. Before this movie, I'm convinced they glued Prince Rala's hand to his chest in a permanent fierceness <laughs> expression. He's just constantly ready to be on season minus 467 of RuPaul's Drag Race. It is amazing. No, he's always posing for his statue portrait. Always. <laughs> And can I just ask, I might have missed something in this uh, this scene, lost as I am in all the fucking wheat, but it's like Samson went from a minor irritation in this kingdom to suddenly Mark Antony in like one scene. And now all of the politics of this kingdom are based around trying to contain and, and deal with Samson. And it just like happened. Also, not for nothing, but Prince Rala clearly sees Samson as a real threat. And he's got this plan now where if he marries him off to the girl that he wants, to his own slave, then he thinks that they will be uh, in his debt forever and he'll have Samson like under his heel and he'll be able to control him. Which he doesn't do. Right, right. right. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like three scenes later, he's going to purposefully fuck up this marriage. <laughs> Wait, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But just keep in mind that the plot here, according to the movie, is for him to let them get married so that he's in his debt. Not right. for him to half let him get married and then fuck with him. Right. Right. And then declare prima nocta or whatever the fuck he does in the scenes. <laughs> makes no sense. But uh, that's allegedly the plan right now. So yeah. they're happy with that. And now we go back to Samson. He's out in the woods again. And he finds the dead lion from Ugh. before, like just rotting. And he he reaches into the rotting carcass and grabs ah uh, some honey because that's how that works. <laughs> well, let's bees. be honest, that was a cliff bar. It was like a rectangular <laughs> honey, right? <laughs> the well, best. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned from science, and this is science we're talking about, it's that <laughs> rotting corpses of animals, first of all, they rot away in approximately 13 minutes. Uh, <laughs> after which point, as we all know, bees take up uh, residence oh in there and build a colony <laughs> big enough to have honeycomb inside the carcass of the rotting corpse in about 13 more minutes. Which then they have, they fill with honey 
in about two minutes. I think that's just science. And then they build a bit honey and actually wrap it for you. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's honey. delightful. And this is what's so hilarious is, you know, bees do not make hives in rotting carcasses. But wasps are carnivores, so they eat them. So some dum-dum that made up this story saw wasps eating a dead lion and thought they were bees. And if you want more stupid ideas about animal anatomy and classification, just read more Bible. It's all <laughs> yes. in there. And, and this scene, again, it's a because this is what happens in the Bible. Samson reaches inside the lion and finds some honey there, right? But, like, this is the perfect example of, like, there's no better creator of an atheist than just, like, hey, why don't we show this on the big screen, huh? Remember when this <laughs> happened and we pretend it really happened? just like, he might as well pull out a soft serve ice cream with sprinkles on it. Just like, <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> and also, you know, two we- a corpse two weeks or whatever in the Israeli sun. Like, can you imagine? Are you going to stick your hand in that rotten slime and swarm right. of angry bees? To right. get- Why does he? Well, there's no reason I mean, it for him pretty to do good. it. <laughs> the ball looked pretty good, if we're being honest. I've been I bet pretty hungry before. delicious in here. <laughs> right. Yeah, the best thing you can do when you see a rotting corpse is pull something out and put it in your mouth. Well, we've established he has blood sugar issues, so the guy is probably (laughs) just in a spot. Also, I love that he, that, that immediately after that, we hear a voiceover of the riddle that's to come. Like he, they don't know how foreshadowing actually works, so they just say the thing that they're going to say later on. It's so stupid. Yeah, this is, this is like a big part of the story. And so the riddle or whatever, I don't, is this a riddle? I don't know. It's, it's a couple sentences. It's words, technically. (laughs) It is words. We we hear, it is words. We hear out of the eater something to eat, out of the strong something sweet. And Samson's just like, okay, mental note. This is going to be a fucking sweet riddle later. I'm going to riddle the shit out of somebody with this. (laughs) How satisfied was the look on his simian face? He was like, oh yeah. I'm going to freestyle this shit. Nailed it. Membered lines. <laughs> right. So we got the, the riddle established now, whatever that means. And now we cut over to the wedding party for Samson and Taryn. And Prince Rala's making making fun of Samson because he doesn't drink, which right. I actually enjoyed. Because <laughs> Samson, responds, Samson responds like he's reading from like a dare workbook. He's like, ah. No, I don't like the taste. Broken record. No, 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 I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, it did come across as a total 90s PSA about peer pressure. Yeah. Like, what, only babies <laughs> don't drink. Why are you drinking? Shut up. I don't like it. I don't want to. Leave me alone. <laughs> come on, psychotic, rapey, murderous giant. Have a drink of wine. <laughs> I have standards. I don't touch the dead. Right. And again, just for clarity, like, this is Prince Rala is now, like, at letting his hair down, literally, at the wedding party of his greatest enemy and one of his slaves. It's just, it's like Trump just going to the wedding of one of his cooks and just being like, hey, right. how you doing? You look fantastic. <laughs> you look beautiful. Would you like to have a riddle contest where the prize is me killing you? <laughs> <laughs> if Donald Trump offered me that, I would take the offer. <laughs> but but they also throw the wedding party. That's the thing is they just, they... Rolla and Delilah actually pay for the wedding party of their slave? Right. Is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, it's nice. I don't know. (laughs) But they do have a riddle contest, and I know that is standard at a wedding party. You have a riddle (laughs) contest. 
Right, but here's the thing. The riddle off is like, they're all having a good time. They trick Samson into drinking. He's like, you made me drink. And they're like, ah, gotcha. And then he's like, hey, riddle off. And Samson gets his riddle and he's like, okay, I've got a riddle for you. And Rala, super casually, again, totally unmotivated, is like, okay, but um, I guess the wager is uh, I'll give you 30 shirts, but if you... If I can get your riddle, then I get to murder you, huh? How about that? Murder? We're all having a good time here, right? Yep. It's an odd shift in tone. And I want to talk about how stupid they introduced this riddle contest, right? Like, they're having a perfectly nice time. Rala's at the wedding, like, hanging out with his slave for whatever reason. And he's like, hey, you know what would be a fun game? Uh, Barcheesy, but if I win, I get to kill you, huh? That's fun, <laughs> right? To celebrate your special day. Yeah, this is one of those, mo an another moment where, like, in the Bible, it's Samson that's like, haha, I've got a riddle for everybody. But they can't actually do that because it's a stupid idea. So they give it to the, somebody else and and they give it to print. And it's Rollo that's doing it, which is funny because he's just bullying Samson, which, you know, those moments where you've seen a guy pick up an entire boulder and then you're like, I'm going to I'm going to make that guy feel <laughs> awful. I'm going to bully that guy. That, that's a good idea. Yeah. So they 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 the, the screenwriters kind of tried to reverse engineer a, a better narrative into this scene. And they show what a shit idea Samson's riddle is by having the prince actually <laughs> use the form correctly, right? So the prince makes up a riddle, which is take something everybody knows and try to make it seem mysterious so it's hard to guess. And so the prince does it, right? And then <laughs> Samson makes up this riddle. He says his <laughs> out of the, out of the eater something to eat, out of the strong something sweet. That's like me <laughs> making a riddle out of what my favorite socks in third grade were. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's he's not the one. He pulled honey out of a lion, but no one knows that. Nobody knows. <laughs> you can't just name a random situation <laughs> with a weird haiku and it's a riddle. Yeah, one time nonsense. I pooped a Lego. How that happen? <laughs> That's my riddle. <laughs> my riddle is what color was it? <laughs> yeah. Although, in fairness, he did manage to get these guys to agree to the bet before he told them this stupid riddle and they all adhere to it. So yeah. maybe he's the smart one because he's like for, he's not. He's not. First of all, he, like the bet is for <laughs> thirty tunics of clothes from each, you know one from everybody, and then he owes them thirty tunics of clothes if he loses, which is like is a stupid bet. That that was the first moment I was pulling for Samson to win because I wanted those guys to take their tunics off. It does feel pretty gay. It feels pretty gay. If <laughs> it he's could like, have been. It okay, been. if I win, you guys all have to take off your clothes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But but what's amazing about this is that. Like, he has crafted a really smart thing. Like, okay, we all agree to the bet, right? Okay, so the riddle is, what's the blue and orange thing in my aunt's basement? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not just be like, I don't know, man, what's 675 cubits from here underground to the left? Right. right. Nah, sorry, it's a chickadee. <laughs> a chickadee? Oh, that bees are making honey in because he killed it. Yeah. yeah. Right, so the riddle's absolutely impossible, but Prince Rala is actually kind of smart about it. So he takes Taryn, the slave girl, off to the side to try to get the answer out of her. He figures maybe she knows or maybe she can find out. He's like, I'll kill your dad if you don't tell me the answer. Right. So she goes, takes him aside, and she's like, hey, uh, honey, 
You know, trust is so important in relationships. So what's the answer to your riddle? No reason. <laughs> and this establishes so this establishes a pattern in Samson's life, right? Which he never picks up on. What's amazing about this is that that part of the Bible story is real, but they can't bear to let her actually be the one that betrays him. So she gets it out of him, but they have Delilah like like super spy mode on the stairs listening to their conversation so that she's the one that actually like betrays him or like gives them the answer. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Just let, she got it out of it. Like Taryn, yes, she got it out of him. She's trying to save her dad's life. Let her just tell it. Again, it's the writer trying to backfill the story because in the Bible story, there are, it's all villains. Right. Everyone's a fucking villain. Nobody's the good guy, right? It just Samson is called by God. That's it. Right. That's the whole parable. Yeah. So, so they, Rala finds out the, the answer to the riddle this way. And then the next day, I guess, um, that's when riddle contests have their, their, their cutoff, the deadline. <laughs> so Samson shows, shows up and Rala gives the answer that he overheard that it's the lion <laughs> carcass and honey. Lion honey. That's the answer to all the riddles, isn't it? The an- lion honey. <laughs> it answers. Lion, honey. And again, you can see even the characters in this movie struggling with how stupid this premise is. It's like, wait, lion, honey? Yeah, lion, honey. This will be the first okay. of many times you see them struggling like that in this movie. Just like, how do, how do we, okay, let's just say so, the lines. And you, it's like Rala's like, wait, I'm supposed to be the villain. Right. So, uh, give me those tunics or I'll, I'll kill your new wife. Reminder, my plan is to win you over by letting you marry this person. (laughs) Remember my plan two scenes ago? Right. Also, not for nothing, but he's like, okay, you owe us 30 tunics. And Samson's like, I don't have them. Which to me is like, well, then you're a fucking asshole for betting that. Yes! You're a goddamn liar (laughs) and you deserve what you get, you piece of shit. Yeah, you, Why you, would you even take that bet? It's the craziest. There's nothing worth it on that. You're just getting married. It's like someone wanted to, it's like death wants to come play chess with you at your bar mitzvah. It's not the time, <laughs> Samson. It's not the time. Right. right. So he cheated. He cheated with the riddle. He didn't have the fucking thing to pay it if he, if he lost. Yeah. Let's write a Bible book about this motherfucker. Yeah. He's the stooge that gets killed in literally every mafia movie that's ever been made. I don't, I'm not good for it. I'm not good for it. You're not going to take my eyes, are you? What, what is the big on a tunic, by the way? I, what, how much do you owe? <laughs> right. So he, he decides he's got to go get the fucking tunics somehow because he's an idiot. So he runs off into the desert thinking he's going <laughs> to. Tunics there? Is that the plan? He just runs in a random compass direction as fast as he can. Yep. Eventually, all roads lead to Tunis. <laughs> well, he does. He he runs into thirty Philistine soldiers in tunics. It could not be less well written. Like it's like there's oh. he walks in and it's like, all right, one second, let me finish counting off twenty nine. Are there only twenty nine of us? No, don't forget me. Okay, so there's exactly thirty of us, and everyone has their tunic, right? And the reveal Great. is hilarious. Like he, he's running along, running along, running along. He runs up to this well and he starts drinking. Then you look over to the left and there's exactly 30 Philistines having their lunch. 30 Philistines. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. This is again, I'm going to go back to the Bible, which in the Bible, all it says is shit. I owe you 30 tunics. Hang on a sec. He runs over to another, to a Philistine village, 
just slaughters, straight up slaughters just 30 people. guys. Just people, just regular people. Yeah. They're and not takes, soldiers, they're just people. And right. takes their tunics. And like I was like, how are they going to show this? They Okay, I got it. They're going to have to make the 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 Philistines that have the clothes be mean to him. So yeah. so he goes to a well and they're like, "Ew, you can't use our well. Ew, that's gross. No, that's our well. Fuck you." And, and the other thing that's hilarious is he goes running up to this well and he's sweating and he's super hot and he's super thirsty. And uh, I just have a note, if you're like in a desperate desert tunic dash maybe not dress like stevie nicks going <laughs> night skiing he has so many layers so many layers on he has 30 tunics on so i <laughs> so i knew this story too and i was so hoping we would get a remake of anakin killing the padawans but with a donkey's jawbone just like the kids come in and they're like hi samson and he's like Mirum, the jawbone just appears in the corner of the screen i killed them i killed them all <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one of the guys to attack him and be completely naked and he's just like, fuck, hold on, hold on, count up one more time. God damn it. Is one of you no, naked? Was one of you naked this whole time? You're fine. You sit over there. You just sit over there. <laughs> and you know it's a David A.R. White movie because like the centurion or whoever the boss of the Philistines comes over and yells at him in scary mean voice because he's a bad guy. And Samson, you know it's a David A.R. White movie because Samson just one punches him in the tummy and kills him. And he's and, dead. He's dead. And he looks at his hand like, what have I done? What am I capable of? And then they all, all 30 of them, single file <laughs> attack him. <laughs> to be fair, though, the 27 other guys who attack him after the first three, that's on them. If he punches three of your friends to death and you're like, oh, I number 26, I'm going to be the one that takes this motherfucker down. Right. <laughs> And then, and these guys, you know, like I say, they have to make them bad in order for it to be okay that he kills them. So, you know, they're soldiers who would deny a thirsty man water and who mocked him and who mocked his God. And oh, also they have these three pretty Hebrew sex slaves. Is, are they bad enough to kill him yet? Are they bad? Is it okay? Or is it not? Is it anything more than just homicidal nonsense? Yeah, it's so obviously them trying to justify this scene. I wanted it to pan from the three Hebrew sex slaves to like a pile of puppies that they had been beating up and then like a bunch of overdue Netflix DVDs still in the envelopes that they hadn't returned. And, then... and cut to Rafe Fines on a balcony just sniping Jews, you know. Okay, they're bad enough. Kill him. And... Okay, now now you can kill them. Small note, the only people not wearing like Amy Winehouse levels of eye makeup in this movie are those three slave girls. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, how confusing is it if like a guy, if you're like bullying a guy who's trying to drink your well water and his response is, give me your tunics. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he beats up and kills. Does he kill all of them? Yeah. Does he kill yep. all 30 of yep. them? Kills him dead. He kills the protagonist kills 30 people to get their t shirts and then <laughs> brings them back to the village. And he's like, here's fucking tunics. Where's my wife? Here's Where's this blood-soaked, so sopping bale of Weird cotton. Back, back <laughs> tunics, yeah. Of scabs. And, and also, Prince not for nothing, but he's the way he gets there, because he's not allowed to touch corpses, he turns to the three Hebrew sex slaves and like, I saved you. Now come help me take the clothes off of these dead men. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> so I guess... like. 
I guess he broke his vow there. Is that what? Is yeah. That, yeah. Right. And that's the point of the, the haircutting at the end is that he drinks at the wedding. He touches uh, dead bodies to get the tunics. And then the haircutting at the end is like the last straw. Like God's at three strikes and you're out savior. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So that's what happened. I, I like that the, the, the problem isn't that he made 30 people dead. The problem is that he can't touch them once he's made them dead. Right. Right. Thanks, Bible. Good, good lesson. <laughs> so Samson comes back and he's like, hey, tunics. And, and <laughs> again, for no reason, Prince Rala is like, no, she's my wife now because uh, I'm wait, the bad guy. <laughs> you, rules that I don't don't worry. Rules. You waited too long. Time's up. It's shotgun rules. You weren't in sight of the slave girl. I just I called shotgun. And now she's my wife. <laughs> She's she's prima knocked up. Just trust me. You, oh. you, don't, you don't get no more, no more. So Samson runs away again at this point to follow a a fox. That, oh my okay, god! This is like a lesson. This is what the moment happened? where I'm, I have no idea what's happening here. Do you guys I have any idea what the fox was? was? Yes, because of the Bible story. But I knew that you didn't, and it made me so fucking happy. <laughs> Dad and I were sitting alone in a theater in Salt, like alone in a theater in Salt Lake City, watching this. And as it got closer and closer to that moment, we're like, "They're not going to do the fox. Can't right? do the fox. They're not going to do the fox. There's no way they can do the fox." <laughs> and then we right? saw the fox, and we both screamed. <laughs> yeah, because it's such an awful, terrible, like. This this becomes a story about the worst animal animal cruelty ever conceived by man. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way they can do. Oh, they're, they're doing it. Oh, oh yeah. they're doing the foxes. Okay, yeah. Which, so again, for those unfamiliar with the Bible story, what happens in the Bible story is Samson just lights a bunch of foxes on fire and then runs them through the field. Three hundred of oh, them. That, yeah, by a bunch. That is you mean. what happened. Yeah. yeah, he takes. It's what? worse than that. He gathers together, and I don't know how long it takes you guys to gather foxes, but he manages to get three hundred foxes. He ties their tails to each other, like he gets them butt to butt, and ties their tails to each other, and then ties a torch to their tails and <laughs> yeah. sends okay. them out into oh. this guy's field. Now, all right, now yeah, I'm, big, I'm vaguely remembering this. We we read this, but I didn't really fucking pay attention. Obviously, I have three elderly <laughs> cats that really like me. And I cannot manage to get all three of them in the same room if a repairman or somebody's coming over. So, Prithee, how does one get 300 wild foxes who would die trying to kill you in order to escape and then do yarn art on their tails and then get them to hold steel because they show him striking flint and steel to light the fight? 300 foxes. How? Oh, right. And again... This is the good guy. This is the protagonist. <laughs> the protagonist of the movie is like, you know what? Right? Because in the movie, he sees the foxes and the fox is like, come with me, friend. <laughs> and then he's totally just like, does. I should light you and everyone you know on fire. <laughs> Let me lead you to my fox village where life is beautiful. Oh, then what are you doing? <laughs> well, it is. No, the Tony. <laughs> It is the first biblical story of a mass extinction, I suppose. <laughs> right. So, okay. He said this kind of makes sense. <laughs> he sets the foxes on fire and the wheat fields that are owned by Prince Rala are burning down, I guess. So, so Rala walks out onto his big like wall and he's got Taryn, he's got Samson's wife and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to murder her. <laughs> and Samson's like, fuck you, man. Fire foxes, whatever. And, <laughs> 
Prince Rala well, drops her off the wall. Like, what did and her dad? How did Simpson picture the negotiation working out? How does I don't understand. He he has this great plan where he's like, I'll use these foxes to set all his crops on fire, and then I'll yell up at the prince and I'll say, "Relief, my, release my wife," or I'll set all these crops on fire. Oh, she's dead. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Can we do this again? Can we right. do this again? Hold on. <laughs> then Galahad, Lancelot, and I jump out of the rabbit. <laughs> it was a badger. It was a rabbit. But yeah, as usual, oh. his his animal food destroying torture plan backfires like all of his plans ever. <laughs> it's fucking right. amazing. And then he just so he kills the wife and he just runs to a cave to like cry and have a temper tantrum. It's his crying cave. Yeah. yeah. And as caves go, it's a pretty dope cave, man. It's like, why do they live in that old timey Mexican village when they, there's a roomy <laughs> cave with a view close by. <laughs> Everyone in the Bible is stupid. It is a nice cave. I thought we were going to get, uh, like a, like a montage of him inventing a new riddle here. Like somehow stop, just like pieces of crumbled up legal pad everywhere. Like, no, stupid. Ah, uh, honey. Uh, Pencil behind his ear. A fox on fire is right. how many of them did I have? Right. <laughs> What's yellow and red and runs through a field backwards? I, uh, no, I don't uh, have it. Google yet. Chrome. No, stupid. It doesn't <laughs> right. And, and this whole scene is just to show us that Rala kidnaps his dad so that Samson's brother can show up in the next scene to like give him a pep talk. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and Samson's not like, getting it he doesn't like understand what's happening he's being given this pep talk he's like he's supposed to be god's hands those are the words he uses to to explain to samson and samson's like looking down at his actual hands he's like my hands will save our people he's like no no no, stop with literal it's not literal hands it's a metaphor and no dude it's you don't have any idea what's happening this is this is where they come to arrest him right they're coming up to tie him up well yeah this is this is what happens afterwards they arrest him Right, but but oh, this is but when he's he's standing there talking. But his, to his, his own tribes people are there, and they're like, because Rala has said, well, "I'll kill everybody in the tribe unless you bring me Samson," and his brother's like, "Make the tribe of Judah your army." To which Samson says, basically, uh, "I've got a better idea. I'll just surrender." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But before that, <laughs> yeah. there's so much sexual tension between him and his brother. It's, oh yeah. They're, that is the only sexual <laughs> chemistry in this entire movie is between those two. I'm like, oh, they're going to fuck right now. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. So the uh, the palpable sexual tension with the brother is done for a minute anyway. And now Samson shows up in the village to turn himself in to Prince Rala to save his countrymen. And he does the trick again. He does his, I'm going to let you guys live. I'm just kidding. I'm going to kill your dad in the whole village. <laughs> I can't stop it. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Uh, I just wanted him to like pull a smart start, healthy choice devil's food cake out of like one of those plastic containers and just be like, I'm naughty. I'm naughty. Well, <laughs> question. I'm <such> a bitch. <laughs> so my question is if Prince, if Prince asshole hadn't like just reached, reached down, like they were going Samson had put his head down on the chopping block and was apparently ready to die if the prince just hadn't gone, by the way, I'm going to kill your dad. Like, he literally just ruins it, and that's when Samson, like, busts out of the ropes and breaks through and starts <laughs> yeah. murdering it. Like, if he had just shut the fuck up, 
for three more seconds until that axe had fallen, it's he so, wins. It's totally true what Eli was saying. He's like a Vincent Price level of like very, <laughs> very mincy gay villain. Is <laughs> <laughs> Let him go. A I'm joking. Boy. Yeah. Mm. It's not the only gay character in this movie. Let me tell you something. Right. And this is where Samson kills the thousand. And Again, it's just one of those things where you're like, man, is there no better cure for the Bible than putting it on a screen? Right? He's just like, yeah, yeah. Cause the first couple of guys he kills, I was like, all right, some action. I like an action movie. And then you're just like, Oh, this is badly choreographed and impossible. Just, yeah. I wanted like four hours later from SpongeBob, just like 12 hours later. And you just see him like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, so, it's supposed to be serious, but it was so comical. Like suddenly, I look up at the screen, and it's like a sped up Benny Hill sketch. It's just like wackety 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 wackety, <laughs> and you could see you could see the crew and the stunt people all struggling to make this. There's no fucking way this could have happened. So how do we shoot this right? And they tried to make it's just it narrow. Mountains of bodies. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. There is a moment oh. where like the forty Philistines that he's attacking aren't enough and so they blow somebody's like quick blow the horn and summon the whole rest of the philistine <laughs> army who happened to be just over that hill yeah and they come charging in and then they they surround him in a circle and somehow men with swords still manage to attack one at a time from an encirclement <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like they might as well count off might as well that one Two, okay, so the two can attack now, three, no budging. Also, <laughs> can we talk about the man explosion? Yes! Right, so at one point, they all realize that lining up one at a time and dying is is boring, so they decide, they all, like, get in a rugby scrum, yeah. and he has a little, like, and the, the guys all just go flying, and they're all dead. Yes. Well, I mean, also, first of all, it, it starts with like, a, a, it feels like it's like just, okay, everybody huddle up, huddle up, and no stabbing in the prayer huddle. That would be rude. Uh, let, <laughs> let's just uh, give him a chance to pray. He just wants to pray. Uh, okay. Now he can throw us all 3,000 feet away Hey, boss, him. now that we've got him slightly uh, subdued, should I stab him in the kidney? No, no, no. Give him a minute. No, no. Let's see if we can do this peacefully. <laughs> Give him a second. Yeah. And one of the guys, one of the guys gets thrown into space. So beautifully. He throws him into like, space. He gets thrown like, like easily a hundred yards in a tight spiral. It's so perfect. <laughs> it's fantastic. He goes through a tire what? swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just threw him into space. He's not. There's also planet. another great little moment I enjoyed. He's so the, the whole thing, it's happening famously with. He's 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 beating everybody up with the jawbone of a donkey. I don't understand why that's significant, but that's what he's well, using. Well, and that's it's his not weapon. like after he kills the first five, there are swords just lying up plenty around him that he could pick up. <laughs> Hundreds no, of swords, yeah. <laughs> swords everywhere. He keeps using the jawbone of the donkey, but there's this one moment where he's not like normally. He's just beating people up. He's taking these big swings and knocking fifty people at a time. But at one point, he grabs a guy and he's just like he's just like slowly pushing the teeth of the jawbone into the guy's arm like an Indian burn and the guy's like, Howie, stop! Like, It's just like a weird little like brother torture moment. He like spits in his mouth and like holds him down. It's so stupid. I wanted so badly to see the 999 guys dead and the one guy is just like, rah! 
I'm the one. I'm going to get you. Right. <laughs> I guess this is what I signed up for. But, you know, there, there's a small note here, which, again, Bible, you've had the chance to make these edits. He kills a thousand people, then leaves alive the one guy he should have killed. He leaves Rolla alive. Yeah, the prince. Why, Bible? Why do you keep fucking doing this? <laughs> also, Rolla's like, you know, he's 5'8". He's, you know, he's a buck 30 if he's a, if he's anything. And he's the last guy standing after a man has killed a thousand soldiers. And his his response to that situation is like, I guess I'll attack him too. Yeah, bring it on, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the pessimist in, in, in us may see the slaughter of a thousand innocent human beings. But an optimist like me, I see a whole lot of available tunics. <laughs> <laughs> also, we get we get a bit of an aerial shot. Uh, he stayed in one place for this entire fight, like literally climbing to keep on top of the body pile. And then they pan away and there are bodies hundreds of yards away from him. Like, <laughs> yeah, some of them crawled oh. over there. They're like, no, I don't want to die where everyone else did. This is my spot. <laughs> Have you smelled that body pile? I'm getting as far away from that as I can. It's going to be a lot of honey later on. <laughs> All right. And now it's time for what I would say. And, and let me throw this out there. The gayest thing I think I've ever seen. Because how better way to celebrate killing a thousand people than to cover yourself in oil? Mm-hmm. This is the anointing so scene? Yeah, so mm -hmm. much. You, yes. you say it's the gayest thing, but this guy pours a horn full of oil all over Samson, and all we get to see is his face. Well, we don't get to see his glimmering pecs. Well, uh, I call ripoff. That would have been a PG thirteen, <laughs> right? And you know, also the, for the very first second that they started to pour, pour the oil out of the big yummy horn. I thought it was, I literally thought it was a callback to the, to the lion honey. <laughs> and I thought, how great would that be? All sticky and shitty with dead bees, and clots and bloody hair hugs. And Samson has to try not to gag and vomit and then has to answer a riddle about wheat. <laughs> really could have tied up the whole narrative. Uh, see, they miss these chances. This is why they don't call us back, Mark. This is why they need to start calling us back. We've got to stop sending spec scripts. I'm just tired of all the effort. All right, so the uh, super oily anointing scene is over. It was way too much oil, was it not? I mean, I feel like anointing <laughs> is like a flick. You flick like a little off your finger. This was like a lot. It was like the Tongan guy at the beginning of the Olympics. But And now we uh, cut back to the palace where Billy Zane, the king, is giving Prince Rala another lecture. He's kind of mad. He's just like, dude, how fucking hard is it to kill some Hebrews? Like... <laughs> Did you work in a death riddle? We talked about a death riddle. I feel like that would work. But. And we have to talk about the scar, right? Yes. I don't know who this actor pissed off in hair and makeup, but he has, this is the beginning of the silly makeup. He has the silliest possible looking scar. It's like Halloween adventure level silly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So Billy Zane has decided to go from Burger King to Father Christmas in this scene. He's wearing like a Christmas tree skirt for some reason. Right. Also, I, I love Billy Zane going, well, did you see him bleed? Then he's not a god. Which proving once again that Billy Zane's character is like pretty awesome at skepticism. Yeah. Also, yeah. he gets a zing in. He's like, I saw him with my own eyes. And he goes, you mean I got him, Zoom. Harsh. <laughs> Harsh, dad. It's the fucking best. You know, it's no wonder this kid hates you. I, I, 
I wonder if there's going to be a bad consequence from all of this poor parenting at some point. <laughs> Probably not. But did you guys also notice that when whenever you cut to Billy Zane's throne room, first of all, they clearly could afford him for two days. Yep. So everything feels like the first take because they only got one. <laughs> but the rest of these in one room, the whole movie. And he's just usually sitting there watching women do crafts. <laughs> they're either braiding or they're folding dish towels. And it's like the origin of HGTV. Right. But but he overrules <laughs> Prince Rala and he says that uh, the new plan is to leave the guy who killed a thousand people single handedly alone. Right. Well, he, yeah, he says he, with the king, he, he tells Prince Rala, go tell Samson that we'll leave his people alone if he just stops killing all of us. Well, yeah, <laughs> that seems that seems like a better deal for you than for him. But, and yet, and yet, but it'll work. Samson fucks up the deal. Yeah, Samson. He sure does. I think yeah, Billy Zane, does. and we'll learn this later. Billy Zane has Samson's number so hard. Like he, <laughs> he shreds him on all of these negotiations where Samson has entirely the upper hand and Billy Zane's just like, nope, now you, now you owe me even more. <laughs> Billy Zane's just got like a bigger cigar and a bigger chair and he just fucks him over on the negotiations. Yeah, yeah. yeah Samson walks out with fucking nothing. <laughs> Samson has to give him his tunic by the time it's all over. He killed his entire army and he walks out with nothing. Yeah, so that's where they leave it. And uh, I guess we're going to pretend this uh, screenplay had acts and say that one of them ended just now. So we'll take a quick break right here. But before we do, let me give act uh, uh, act whatever the hard sell. A pound of feathers weighs the same as a pound of lead. You ask one liar what the other liar would say, and it was just the one guy going to say knives. <laughs> Find out the questions to these answers and more when we return for the shocking conclusion of Samson. Okay, men, listen up. You're in the Philistine army now, and that means you're about to be part of the most elite fighting force in the world. Now, now, when you meet Samson, it's incredibly important that you all attack him one at a time. Uh, mm. I suggest figuring out amongst yourselves before the battle, uh, maybe uh, a counter... Point of order. Sorry, sir. Uh, yes, Danielius. Um, why? Why, why what? Why are we attacking him one at a time? Uh, yeah, actually, that's a, that's a great question. I was wondering the same thing, too. Um, yeah, yeah, really yeah, me sense. too. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, because it wouldn't be fair otherwise, guys, right? Come on. Oh, uh, sorry, question. Uh, Marcellus. Uh, isn't he, like, super strong, though? Well, yes. No, he's got the strength of uh, the Hebrew god. But there's only one of him, so I feel like it would right. only be fair right. if we... Uh-huh. Okay, uh, sorry, just piggybacking off of that. Um, so what do we do if he kills one of us? Um, what do we do there? Oh. Well, you wait your turn, and then you attack one by one. Like forever? Like ad infinitum? Yes, until you all die or you kill him. Everyone got that? Uh, hooray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, come on, guys. Uh, hooray. 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 Hoorah. Simplify. Trust falls. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. And while we were gone, a bunch of nothing happened off camera. That's actually what they, they do here. It literally says many years many, later. Many years later. Like just a fucking bunch of years later. We flash <laughs> forward 
And uh, we learn that Samson's been the mayor the whole time, and it's been relatively <laughs> peaceful. And we know it's been a while because he grew a Muppet beard. Now oh, Hogan God. has a Muppet beard. Dear God. Mark, <laughs> is this the worst fake beard you have ever seen? Well, guys, you know, we did the Book, Book of Mormon movie together, and those were some spectacularly fake $4 beards. But this beard, Samson's beard particularly, is so horrible that the only way it makes a lick of sense is if he's the character in the movie is wearing a shitty disguise for some reason right if they're trying to make you think it's a real beard it fails or story-wise maybe otherwise it's like some bees made honey in a beaver that he killed and now he's only half finished with his snack there's no other way to describe this beard it's like a it's like it's from a school play it's the silliest thing possible i feel like you guys are being overly harsh i feel like their hands were tied. Biblical time is measured in beard, right? That's the only way to show how many years later it is, is in beard time. Right. So he's got the ridiculous beard and I guess everything was cool for a while, but then the taxes got too big again. So now Samson is going to go to the king back to Billy Zane and try to get a better deal on the taxes. Which is funny because this is, again, one of those moments where they're like, you're our leader, Samson. Things still really, really suck for us, even all these many years later. With you, we know for a fact that we could beat them in ba- in combat. Let's go to war. And he's like, nah, talk is better. Yeah, it's worked out for him so many times in the past. You should. <laughs> I'm going to exercise my diplomatic skills. I'm the man who negotiated with a thousand men. <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, I'll comprise a riddle and bet the entire <laughs> kingdom. <laughs> and just a small note, this is the first scene Technically, in the movie where I think there is no wheat. <laughs> oh, there was not any wheat. That's correct. I felt its absence. <laughs> yep. Right. So Samson shows up at the palace to haggle with King Billy Zane. And the the king is great. Billy Zane's response is like, okay, before you even start, uh, no, you have no power. No. Do you have a riddle? No. Then no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then there's this moment where Samson just kind of looks down. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Zane just bluffs him out entirely. Like, Samson literally has four aces in his hand, and Zane's just like, nope, all in. And, yeah. and Samson's like, oh, fuck! I fold. I We lose. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> he just leaves with nothing. Yeah. His, and he goes, I'll tell you what you can do. You can go away. And he's like, uh, what if I don't go? Nope, that's the deal. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave your people alone a little bit. Yeah, and he doesn't even guarantee that. He's like, yeah, I might, I might leave him alone. It, the the Samson they portray in this book, the character, is such a fuck up. I'm beginning to believe he must have been a real person. <laughs> like, you couldn't, this could not be a fictional character ever. Yeah, he goes into this like he's just he's psyched up. He's just read Art of the Deal. He's he's got he's got Let My People Go echoing in his head. He is ready to have his Moses moment. And he walks out with exactly nothing, and he's banished, and he's agreed to leave forever. Right. He didn't get a cow <laughs> or magic beans. He got nothing. <laughs> yep. So now Samson's leaving the big city, and Princess Delilah, she just, like, falls out of the sky into the sea and out of nowhere, and she pretends to have the perfect hotel for him because, you know, he's a Jewish brawler fugitive, and she has a hotel for that, so... 
that's uh, where she brings him. And she's the most obvious, like, central casting prostitute in the world. And he doesn't <laughs> doesn't realize that she's taking him. Famous pussy hound, Samson, does not realize he's being taken to a brothel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and let's talk about how dumb this plot is, right? So Delilah has hired the head of a whorehouse to invite Samson there without telling him it's a whorehouse so she can show up and be like, hey, man, did you realize this is a whorehouse? Quick, follow me and trust me. I'm the wife of that guy who keeps trying to kill you. Exactly. It's amazing. It's it, now. What's really funny is that this is another departure from the Bible, which clearly states that he goes to this whorehouse and fucks a whore. Like, like yes. it is very clear in the Bible that he just goes and takes some leisure. And uh, but in this version, it's like, if you had told me that this was a house of ill repute, I would have never come in here. <laughs> yeah. He- He's all angry when he gets there. He's like, uh, could you turn down the music? I'm trying to do Jewish prayer here. He's like a fucking <laughs> asshole kid who calls security at college on Friday night in the middle of a party. Ugh, the worst. I get it. Samson is like being in the room next door to Tom and Heath at QED. I get it is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing lesbians at my wall. And, and, he's, and he is mad. He's like, I was almost tricked into having fun again. And he's so mad at being brought to a whorehouse without his permission that he expresses his upset by not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and again, she wins him over instantly. He's like, oh, my gosh, you were at my, um, I guess, wedding. She was murdered right afterwards. So I, it's, it's weird to say that word. But good uh, party, though, it's a good party. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for the soup ladle. We still use it all the time. I use it all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I completely trust you because you said you liked my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. So she tells him that the uh, the whole town's looking for him now. And we see the town. They've got like the torches and the pitchforks and they're. Yeah, but looking, for not looking, not until he busts him. not until he busts through the high security lattice, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and he busts through the la- he jumps through the wall. He he takes Delilah with him, and then the ma- the madams starts yelling into the streets to kill him, and somehow has this like weird like announcer at a NASCAR race PA voice that echoes throughout <laughs> the entire city. It's a weird, <laughs> the, literally, it's like. And he's, he's, he's coming, coming down, down the street, street, street. <laughs> and somehow the village people there are compelled to just obey whatever the madam screams out of a window. <laughs> right. So they just go homicidal. <laughs> right. So they do the classic hide in the alley trick and that works and everybody runs right past him. Until he leaves the alley and everyone's like, oh, he's there. And he's like, shit, God, <laughs> left me. Should have waited a second. That old waiting a second trick. I forgot about it. Well, he he leaves the alleyway uh, because the Scooby-Doo gambit worked. And then he goes and somehow he and Delilah split up. She's like, hey, go meet me at my summer house, uh, which I don't tell you where it is. Yeah. And then he hides behind this two by four. And then that's like too much hiding so he goes behind a stick and then that and then finally somebody's like aha i see you and he's like damn okay so let's talk about the door we have to talk about the door yes he gets he gets cornered by the mob and there's this door which i it's like it was made by the same company that made the boulder it could not look less wood or more fake it was so Um, fucking artificial yeah it was so fake and he he me and heath laughed out loud we were we lost our goddamn minds 
Because it is so obviously, it's the strongman stunt where you lift a big thing of wood on your shoulders because that's relatively easier to do. But honestly, he might as well have just been like, dear Lord, give me the strength to pull this jumbo jet with my teeth. It could not have been more artificial and horned in. So he he lifts this wooden thing and then like pushes the door but everyone involved didn't realize how bad this would look and he right. just sort of tilts to the side and then he's sort of like nah <laughs> totally it's like they had one take and they'd never rehearsed it so they were just going to get what they were going to get so it's like man jesus man God. and he pushes it up and then it kind of falls and cracks and then he's totally <laughs> hidden from the crowd by the door and it's less like <laughs> and it was more like you had paid some guy to haul an old garage door to the <laughs> dump, and he's just pulling out of the driveway and slowly scraping into the darkness. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> that was the miracle. Well, and yeah, and he he takes it for such a long time. He walks with the door for like a minute. And I thought he was just going to be like, "I'm taking your door." <laughs> <laughs> what would be great is if he dragged it down to Habitat for Humanity and donated it. <laughs> he's like, "Who needs a big door?" <laughs> I just like that. And he's got that really, that really dramatic line where he's like, let them witness, let them witness the power of the living God for all their door <laughs> removal and disposal needs. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even light the space beyond. So as soon as the door goes like two feet, it's just gone. It's just in the darkness. It was amazing. Also, can we talk about the fact that this is the guy who killed a thousand trained soldiers with swords? Uh, are, and he was armed only with a bone, but he's quickly bested by 15 villagers who are literally <laughs> carrying pitchforks and torches. Well, he's older now. His beard would get in the way of all that killing. <laughs> he couldn't see past the beard. Yeah. Right. So he throws the door down or, and then walks into it like a Bugs Bunny painting. I don't, I don't understand what happened with the door. I don't, I don't understand how he got it. But he gets away. There's people with arrows that were shooting him before, but now they're not. He's fine because of the door. Well, so, it's because it's, everybody's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know we wanted to kill this guy, but let's see how this door gambit plays out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So he, he, he gets away somehow. And then we cut over to him in a, I guess it's a dream sequence. He's walking through the woods and he's thinking about his dead wife and he's injured from the fight, but we don't know where he is at the moment. It's literally right. and, a direct ripoff of the most iconic scene of Gladiator where he's walking with his hand going through a wheat field. Wheat! It's more wheat. <laughs> like Maybe they thought if they put enough wheat in the entire movie, then they could rip off one of the most important, like one of the biggest blockbuster hits of all time and nobody would notice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this movie is filled with, can we get that scene from Troy in here, director's notes? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> are you right. not, enter so are you not amused? Are you amused by this? <laughs> She's, so she's nursing him back to health by oiling his pecs. Yes. I, wanted, I wanted her to just get side tackled by Mark. My scene. I'm There's a cut back and Mark's in a wig and he's just like, right, whatever. That's blah, what, you know blah, what? Blah, Eli, only the love of man can truly cure another man. You should try it sometime. <laughs> yeah. But she did, she did dab his, his, uh, penetrating chest arrow wound with a dirty wet rag. So he's probably going to be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what they say. Right. So he finally wakes up and we find out that he's been at Delilah's safe house in the country this whole time. He slept for two days 
and she healed him up. And she's on his team now, or is she like a, a double agent? Like, I wasn't clear. She's a double agent. Her plan, which is, again, to get him vulnerable and deliver him to Rala, is to take him while he's vulnerable and could be delivered to Rala and nurse him back to hell. Right, and let him <laughs> so sleep it she off. can trick him. <laughs> But you know she's an evil woman because she has all those plastic beads from Z Gallery hanging around her place. <laughs> or I think I I actually think that the conceit of the film, and this is not the conceit of the book, but the conceit of the film is that she's actually like falling in love with him, and she's she's totally like on the up and up, which makes Maybe. what's happening later way weirder. Right, it would either make the this part of the movie is insane or the twist that's going to happen in a couple of seconds is insane. But something's insane. Something right. makes absolutely no sense, correct? So, yeah, Samson's all healed up and he heads back home to his village where, where he gets scolded by mom and dad, which was fun. He, uh, uh, yeah. He well, admits just mom, his dad's dead. Oh, is it just mom here? Dad's dead at this point? Yeah, they, who killed dad? Uh, oh, no, wait, they killed dad later. I'm sorry, my bad. Uh, I, oh, I've given something oh, he, away. Oh, he threatens to kill dad earlier, though. Rise. Yeah, he killed dad. Is dad dead? Yeah, dad dies at dad some point. At the execution, remember when he puts his head down on the chopping That's right. thing? That's right. He kills oh. dad. Yeah. It's, this it's is what an sends him into movie. super mode. This is an excellent movie. Dad is dead. Everything makes sense. So <laughs> you can tell how closely we were all paying attention in the third <laughs> actor. So, so he goes back home and mom is scolding him because he admits his crimes at this point. And that's, I guess the big deal is that's how he loses his powers. He's like, I drank wine and, and I, I killed like 10,000 people and I ate non kosher honey. It's just like a weird contrast of <laughs> yep. things that he's admitting. Remember, the killing people wasn't actually a sin. It was the touching with them after he'd killed them. Right. It's the touching afterwards. Right. And so she's like, don't worry about it. It's You're cool with God. God will forgive all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, sweet message. Kill yeah, us indiscriminately the- as you want. Bet things you don't have. Fuck every lying witch in Israel. Smash up all the lattice. Just tell God, oops, and you're square. I did like the moment where he's like, mom, God has forsaken me. And she says, God would never forsake his people. Really? <laughs> Haven't we all been slaves for like 40 years? <laughs> it feels yeah, forsakey. It feels a little forsakey. Yeah, and again, like it, it. This is all based on the idea that God has the three strike rule, right? <laughs> He's just like, ah, you touched the dead, you drank some wine, but you keep that hair on your head, kiddo, and the powers are gone. Right. <laughs> right. So he gets he gets scolded about his his three strikes, and then we cut back to the village again, and uh, everyone's getting ready to to. They're gathering up weapons, and they all. They all want to die in a tax revolt against the king now. Yeah. Okay. And I I just want to point out, why does every single character in the movie at this point have a long fake beard? Every character that didn't have a beard at the beginning of the movie now has the exact same long, fake, terrible beard in this one. They all grew the same beard. It swept that part of Jerusalem. <laughs> it was a fad. Yeah, it was it was that was the fashion of the time. I have to wonder if there were like only four extras at this point and they just had to keep redressing them as everybody. So they're made out of, out of lion mane and singed fox fur. Mm. And again, I, I just want to point out that this scene has absolutely no purpose, right? They're like, we must revolt. And he's like, no. And they're like, all right, well, I'm upset with you. Just FYI, I'm upset with you. 
I've been saving these swords for like ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. it's funny because again, the town council's like ready to rumble. Let's go fight, Samson. We know that you're this big badass warrior. We can win. And he's like, yeah, but have you tried fucking a Philistine girl? Cause damn, I'm gonna go. To, I'm, I'm gonna go do that instead. She's got beads. She's got wheat. <laughs> and now it is time for what I would like to nominate for most inappropriate cameo in a movie. It's Fifty Shades of Samson time. <laughs> so we go back to Delilah's little country house thing, right? And they're in love because who has time to establish any plot? They're talking about where they would go on vacation and something like that. And then for a weird minute, she's like, so like, uh, what's your weakness? And he's like, oh, <laughs> fresh ropes. Dude, you bound I, me in fresh ropes. I, I know that the king and everybody's trying to kill you, but what makes you vulnerable? <laughs> it, it was so it was so transparent. You, you remember that scene in Sneakers, that old heist movie where Mary McDonald is on a fake date with the bank security dude and she's trying to get him to say the word passport because it's part my of a voice, voice activated lock passport. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this that was way less obvious than this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And again, it's very clearly like, I don't know, maybe we could try some rope stuff. Like, I don't know, just butterfly <laughs> knots to start off. It's the fucking funniest thing in the world. Oh. And again, this is again trying to hint at the Bible story, right? Cause in, in the Bible, his weakness is part of his weakness is being bound with fresh ropes. Well, it's, it's worse than that, actually, because in the Bible, he, she keeps asking him, so what would make you weak? And he goes, and he keeps telling her bullshit stories and then she tries it and it doesn't work. And then she's like, well, now you, you lied to me. So now you have to tell me for real. And he's like, okay, it's actually just, it's fresh ropes. If you tie me with fresh ropes and she's like, okay, uh, don't worry. I won't try it. And then the next night she ties him up with fresh ropes and she's like, ah, oh, they're going to get you. And he's like, break the ropes. Ha ha. Yeah, I tricked you again. And uh, like this happens three times. And then on the fourth time, she's like, no, you better tell me for real or I'm going to be mad. And he goes, oh, oh, OK, then I will. Yeah, yeah exactly. And again, the movie plays this definitely off as a BDSM thing, right? Because he breaks out of the she's like later she's going to be like, oh, I'm mad because those ropes didn't work on you. And he's like, yeah, but we had fun, though. Come on. You like that. Yeah, we don't even see the rope thing. We don't even know for sure that she tried it. She just knows that he lied about it somehow. And just Mark snuck that footage home and it never made it to the theater. Right. Yeah, I stole it right out of the camera. So, you know, something that they totally skip over is one of those those tropes. One of those things that he lies to her about is looming his hair, is putting his hair attached to his head in a loom and weaving it while he's asleep. Yeah, that was one of the things. That's one of the things that he says would make him weak again. And so, and she literally does it in the Bible. Yeah. She makes a placemat in his hair and yeah. it doesn't work. <laughs> they were like, should we get Billy Zane or a loom? No, it's definitely Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting a fucking loom. I, I, they probably choice. They probably cost about the same these days. <laughs> but again, right. again, for the second time, this protagonist on our movie has a woman go, and he's just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, except that he lies to her the first time. He's like, oh, the ropes. So, <laughs> like, so far he has kept his secret. Right, right. So he, he gives up his real secret this time, and he's like, yeah, so, um, well, 
All right, I guess I'll answer. My wife got murdered last time I did this, but, you know, what the fuck? It's my hair. My hair is the secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she literally pulls the same, how can we have a healthy relationship if you don't tell me all your secrets? You've known me for two days. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so he tells her a secret, but I, I just want to touch on this. Before this happens, one scene ago, we kind of skipped over it. We have this totally useless scene where she, like, comes back and reports to gay Eddie Vedder and he threatens her to find out the secret. Yeah. And it's kind of another little riddle about like a sparrow looking at the the bars of her cage and then (laughs) a hawk killing the sparrow. And it's pretty, it's hard to listen from that much, that level of threat from a man that is pursing his lips so hard. He might fall over forward. (laughs) And again, it it could not be less subtle. It's like, once there was a bird who longed to escape its cage, but I killed it for not doing what I said. The end. <laughs> just just talk normal. You, you keep doing this. You keep doing the evil, va- vague, bad poetry. Just talk. Like, tell me what you... Once you're... upon a time, someone nope. said my so, evil, doing vague, it again. bad poetry was bad, and I shat in their soup. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand the metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> So super nice, super nice love poem, Rola. It's like, Lila, you could do better, girl. You can either be with the gay <laughs> evil guy or get with the strong serial killer idiot. Uh, never mind, you're fucked. It's a shitty time to be alive. <laughs> right. So Delilah, after her threat, drugs Samson and cuts off his hair. Right. But- which, which, by the way, is it just me or is like he thinks that his only weakness is if he gets his hair cut? Apparently not because drugs work. Yeah, his Achilles heel is his entire insides. Yeah, apparently Rahipnol also works on him. <laughs> like, nobody thought to drug the guy? Yeah. <laughs> and when he falls asleep, I wanted the Queer Eye theme to, like, play and for Carson to come in and, like, give him the sweetest dude possible. Give him a shampoo. But, but instead, <laughs> he has, along with his silly beard, he now has the silliest fucking bowl cut humanly possible. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I think it is David A.R. <laughs> White's stupid fucking haircut. I think he insisted on the same stupid haircut he has. And I just wish that she would have done like foils to give him some super nice frosty tips like David A.R. White has. That would have been, that would have been so nice to finish out the movie on. Yeah. She, she cuts his hair to basically animal from the Muppets. <laughs> so, so Rala comes and kidnaps him and his strength is all gone. And Delilah, again... And pokes out his eyes. Don't forget that he, like, pokes out his eyes, too. Yeah, pokes out his eyes. But Delilah seems mystified that this happened. So I am entirely confused by her motivation. So was she, obviously, this poor actress. But (laughs) but the burning out the eyes thing, I will say uh, that Gay Eddie Vedder did take the super important precaution of sterilizing the blade in the fire before the procedure. That's just that's just best practices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no infection. Right. So they, they burn his eyes out and they take him to the palace and they throw him in a holding cell in the in a basement somewhere along with the brother, too. And we get Samson kind of crying and being all sad that he failed again. And he's like, I deserve this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're fucking stupid. You do deserve yeah, this. You 100 percent deserve that. There's this amazing cross cut where we see Delilah like mourning and she's got the 50 pieces of silver that she was given by the Jews to kill Jesus or whatever. They're, they're just mixing all their metaphors, but she's crying and she's surrounded by his hair. And oh my God, 
Crazy Billionaire Money remake. She puts his hair in a wig and kicks everyone's ass. She gets super strong. Like she bolts up. And it's the origin to Wonder Woman. Yes, yes. It's all the same. How amazing would that be? Oh, why, David A.R. White? You failed. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, his brother. By the way, his brother just kind of showed up just in time to be arrested with him. Like his brother was nowhere near there. And kind of just showed up just in time for his to see his brother get arrested and be arrested with him. I'm not sure what that, how that drives the plot, <laughs> but apparently that's a very important feature. So that he's not, I mean, he's not alone in jail, so that's nice. He's able to, you know, he's got, Samson's got somebody to boo-hoo to. Yeah, and Caleb's freaking out in jail, and I think he's freaking out because he thinks they're going to cut his hair too. <laughs> and he has been growing that cornrow since slave school. He is not <laughs> letting that go. Right. So Rolla comes in and he wants Samson to, like, hand him the baton of magic powers. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I wish, because he's like, tell me, how do how does the power of the god enter me? Missed opportunity. How, why didn't Samson say, it's through the ass, Rolla? <laughs> it goes in the ass. I, I don't want to do this, but if you're going to hit me with that flashlight again, let's, let's do it. That's a nice tunic, by the way. And then he just fills his little lion up with man honey. I knew my hands would be involved in this. I was staring at them earlier. My Sweet hands. Revenge. <laughs> right. But he's basically like, so, um, well, a good start to getting the Jewish God powers is don't be Muslim. Does that help you at all? <laughs> don't, don't be a pre-Muslim because that's what you're doing. So Rala goes to Billy Zane for some advice and they get in a fight and he just stabs him in front of everybody and he's king now. Yeah. That, Billy Zane was so fucking done at this point. It, <laughs> if there were phones in Philistinia, he would have used one to phone it in. And when he, when he got stabbed, <laughs> I just fully expected him to stumble right out of the room. And then we'd hear the door of an airport Uber close <laughs> before it drives off. I uh, see. Now, on the other side of that, Rala has gotten to the point where he has reached. I don't even think he was supposed to stab his dad, but the acting had gotten so over the top at that point that literally it was the only place he had to go. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> and then and, and then he's just like, look at me. I'm the captain now. I'm and now he's now. Burger Queen. It's amazing. He literally, Billy Zane literally turns around and gives him like a double guns. He's like, good one. <laughs> and then dies. It's the laziest possible reaction to that scene. Great working with you, kid. I'm out. <laughs> right so now uh delilah shows up at the prison she wants to buy back samson's freedom with the silver she got paid for <laughs> stealing his freedom like she's gonna get a store credit at walmart she's trying to like make an exchange here it's really uh, weird is that a thing rolla has like captured the most important prize in whatever fucking pretend kingdom this is and he's going to use it to show how he has all this power all over the region and you can just bail the guy out <laughs> right. And let me let me be honest here. There's nothing worse than an ex checking in on you. Right. Just like, hey, I know it was bad terms, but I just want to make sure you're OK. It's like, oh, I'm fine. Stop. Babe, what happened to your eyes? What's going on? Fine. I'm They're fine. fine actually. They're really great. They're really great. I hated seeing because I saw you zoom. Get you. So so he so Samson's like, no, take Caleb instead. They take Caleb instead. And now it's time for some torture porn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So this is Samson's trial. Is this the trial for like 
tax evasion? What's happening? Who the fuck? No, no, they're knows? just they're just trotting him out. He's he's the new he's Rolla's new favorite party favor. Oh, okay. yeah, this it's is Rolla this... showing that he's beaten, he's bested this champion, right? Oh, this is just like a demo of like I'm king now. Right. He invites right. all the all the neighbors into the into the temple or whatever, and he's like, you know, he says, "Hey, see, look, I've got Samson. Go uh, go string him up over the two only two load bearing pillars that we have yeah. in the building." <laughs> this is what goes on twice a month at Mar-a-Lago behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> and. I just want to say, I know I've said this a lot, but God, is there no better way to show how silly the Bible is than to put it on, t- on screen? Because he's just like, the, the, this is the famous pillar pushing scene, right? And I remember this scene as a kid, cause like, I always really loved the same, I didn't get this version of the story, obviously. I got the like super sugar coated, and then he saved the day, but like, this is very clearly a suicide bomber, right? Like, it's, right. it's, it's just, <laughs> moment for moment, a suicide bomber. Yeah. He just pushes pillars instead of pushing a button. Right. But it, before that <laughs> happens, my favorite fucking thing in this is that the Rolla is up on his throne and he's got his Burger King crown and he's got his little glass of wine. And he's just throwing out all these flippity flap hand signals and lip pursings and eye rolls. And the executioner somehow kind of gets it. Like they don't make any sense. And I just, I wish there's a cut scene. With the two of them just trying to work out, like, no, when it roll eyes to the left, lips to the right, my left, you're, oh, I'm surrounded by Philistines. <laughs> just hilariously stupid. Now you're spanking. That wasn't a sign. We never had a sign. For spank. Well, we look stupid. Both of us look stupid now. I don't get to improvise. I don't get to improvise. No, it's- you do not get to improvise. We said that too. Two fingers down, cat of nine tails. How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> you always do this. If I had a nickel. <laughs> Wait, is he praying? Is Samson praying while we're having this argument? Yeah. Why, why are his hands shaking? What's going he on with that? like he's getting God powers. <laughs> he, he is getting God powers. He's like, that poor hey. man has low blood sugar. Help him out. So remember I gave back my God power like a minute ago when I was in the funny story. Going to need it one more time. Can we just maybe... I feel like you make me renew it all the time. Can I just always have it? It feels like this is like this takes time in each scenario can it just... auto renew like a credit card thing if i give you my credit card number can it just roll over <laughs> and also it just puts the lie to the entire story that he's broken all his vows right and yet he can still get the power so what's the fucking point also not for nothing but the bible specifically says you can't commit suicide but he's mm. like dear god let me kill all of these people and me at the same time please and God's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> right. right. And again, it looks so silly. Like he pushes the pillars and nice delts, but he pushes the pillars and then they're like, well, wait, that's not how a building would collapse. That doesn't. Right. The rest of the sense. building collapses, but not the pillars he's under somehow. <laughs> just out of spite. Right. The building's just like, oh no, not those pillars and just like loses its shit, says it doesn't have enough spoons on Facebook and like deletes its Twitter. <laughs> not only that, but like. He's literally like the pillars. He's pushing his arms are fully extended just to touch the pillars. Yeah. So he's literally just yeah. He's he's using finger power at this point to get them down. Uh, yeah. He did. They look. 
It's your movie. You could put the pillars as close together as you want. <laughs> you made the pillars. <laughs> and you had to show, it's oh, your I, movie. You can put the pillars together as close as you yeah. want. He could oh, barely dreams. He could barely touch them both at the same time. <laughs> like, oh, I, oh, this is going to take a while. Also, it does take a while. There are the entire crowd, which is supposed to be killed by this building collapsing, are getting out. Like yeah. hundreds of people are pouring into the exits of this building. Yep. You know what? The drills work. The drills totally work. <laughs> they get it. It's like, okay, it's happening. You guys go that way. You guys go this way. Who's in charge? You're in charge. And they get out. All except for Rolla. Right. Who's killed. <laughs> He's killed by his own poorly mounted God rather than yeah. Samson's God. Yeah. He gets, he gets crushed by like the evil cat God statue that just decides to like for spite fall down because the pillars fell down. Who saw that coming? Right. So he gets smashed, and that's pretty much the end of that scene. And then there's God, there's, there's one more fucking scene though for no reason. But it doesn't matter. It's literally just like um and like because it's literally just a montage that could so obviously include an ISIS flag. It's just like <laughs> we will kill the infidels, the infidel. We are so very obviously Paula Akbar. I mean Jesus. What who are we? <laughs> well, and and this is the sequel. This is the setup for the sequel, right? They're going to tell the story of the next horrible Hebrew prophet or person in the Bible, which is David. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But in this little slow motion in, <laughs> intro, I was so distracted by how big David's ass was, I laughed. I laughed out loud. <laughs> Get a big ass for a shepherd boy. He's <laughs> doing a lot of squats. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it's a David lot of and Goliath. <laughs> David and Goliath coming up next. That's the sequel they set up. And then uh, Black Panther beat the bad guy or something and it was over. I couldn't really hear. <laughs> All right. So, um, before we wrap it up, I just have one more question based on my theater experience. Uh, who do you guys think would win in a fight? Samson or Black Panther? Ooh. Well, I, I I think Samson would start with his super good powers of negotiation and then in five <laughs> minutes would have agreed that all the Hebrews have to be Wakanda's janitors forever and he Samson will kill himself uh, for being rude enough to ask. I would see that movie. Um I, I would say, um, so, okay, by now, by the story of Samson in the Bible, the story of drunk naked Noah and his son Ham have already happened, right? So, theoretically, there are black people um, at this point in the narrative. So, it's conceivable. So, I, I think if Black Panther asked Samson his secret weakness, then used it to kill him immediately, uh, yeah, Black Panther. He's got it, right. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, as of right now, Black Panther's killing Samson by a couple hundred million dollars. So, yeah. <laughs> right. And I guess the, the weakness is seeing your dad's dick. Is that how that story worked with Noah and Ham? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, it freaked okay. me out. All right. Uh, one other follow-up question. Who do you guys think had it worse throughout history, black people or Jewish people? Okay, so uh, oh, if the listeners no, want to find out ranking. more about you, we're going to check it out. Thanks so much for joining us. How to Heretic on iTunes, right? Give us those links. Links in the show notes. How to Heretic. Racist Thanks no matter what they in. say. Right. Tie. They tied. Yeah. Black people and Jews. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Mark and Dan, everybody. I feel like that was two Ooh. votes. Wait, who, who won then if they didn't tie? Dan and Mark. So <laughs> who are you saying? Find out more. It sounds like I Eli has an answer. Stitcher. Mark and Dan. 
Dan and Mark. Tell us okay. about that show. That you, does can find us at, you can find us at howtoheretic.com. You can find us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and any other pod blaster. And you can also find us on Facebook. Dan posts every uh, 10 years. That's true. And or, I, or go to blacksversusjews.com where you'll find <laughs> it's a continuation of Heath's the... Heath's new podcast. It's, uh, it's Blacks a, it's, versus Jews. Yeah, it's a short fight. Um, and you can find me sometimes screaming at the internet on Twitter at, at HowToHeretic. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that does it for our review of Samson. Uh, but that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to get you excited for next week. So tell us, Eli, what is on deck? Invisible enemies. It's they live, but for Jesus. And it's on Prime Video. The link will be in the show notes. Sweet baby Jesus, stop messaging me on Facebook and using me as Google. <laughs> Invisible enemies <laughs> on Prime Video. Link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And as always, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make this show go. If you'd like to count yourself among the ranks, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn access to an ad free version of every episode. You can also help us out a ton by leaving a five star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, Citation Needed, and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else podcasts live. And if you have any questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal services for the podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer, Morgan Clark, and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Mark, Dan, and Eli, I'm Heath promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Samson's great-great-great-great-grandchild went on to become President of the United States until Russia asked him his weakness. It was hooker pee. And don't worry, I'm not at all offended that it's that you haven't used me in this at all and just <laughs> went with Mark instead. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm the one with the acting degree, but that's fine. It's totally cool. I get it. It's no big deal. Yeah. But I'm the I one who writes in pink. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Super gay. <laughs> should, I, should, I, should I gay this up? Should I minstrel this a little bit? I mean, if you, whatever you want to do, make choices, make bold choices. (laughs) That's the gayest I've ever sounded. (laughs) That was so... He sounds less gay when he's sucking his husband's cock. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC, copyright 2018, all rights reserved. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 